Oh god. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, Terrible. Hey everyone. Um but bet but and more iconic tune than what we get here because yeah, this well, one doesn't understand what it's talking about. Yeah. It does it can't decide what tune it wants to anyway. Hi everyone. Hi. Um welcome to a very special big damn cast. Uh why is it very special? Because we're not here. This is a pre-record one going out in a week where we can't record one for the week. Yes. So whatever current affair or news in pop culture you were expecting us to talk about, just pretend we're talking about it Yeah. in three, two, one. Oh my God, do you remember that thing that happened with the mm. stuff? And then mm. there was the big thing. And then like, I can't believe they flashed another one. I mean, mm. you think after revealing his penis the first time, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have done it again, would they? <laughs> and there's the substance. Oh, just sift through that. Sift through that news. No, we're here uh, as 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 the host of a podcast about nerdy news, geeky gossip, and things fit to distract you before the inevitable demise of society. Wait, it's already happened. Well, we may as well stick with us now. We've come this far. Um, we're here at the at the request, suggestion, behest, and uh, satanic blood pact rights. Um, demanded it to be fair uh of one of our lovely listeners ian yeah. ian a little while ago suggested that you've done retrospectives of like the nolan We've batman films and you know the alien films the predator movies and stuff yeah With new mutants out in the world in some capacity and neither of you likely to see it anytime soon would you maybe think of a revisit of the x-men franchise the movie franchise to which mm-hmm. we went you fucking kidding no not happening and then we realized we had gaps. So uh, <laughs> this I was well be... up for it. You were a bit you more were, hesitant. But that's because that's because you're a masochist. I'm a masochist and I also love the X-Men. Which is problematic which is when you talk about problematic. these movies. <laughs> yeah. Like your your <laughs> Your enthusiasm will not be safe. Your no. fandom will not be safe. You will not be safe. Um, it's, mm, it's been a while since I've watched these three in particular, and this is, this isn't going to be part one of like a four week long thing. We're going to be dropping these from time to time, yeah. because ladies and gentlemen, don't know if you know, there's a shitload of these movies already. <laughs> there's quite a few. I mean, in terms of the ones we're going to, we're planned yeah. to cover, and this is minus New Mutants coming out on VOD or Rent anytime soon. Yeah. Um, there is at least four parts to this retrospective, at the very least. Uh, Beginning, as all good stories should do, with uh, a sexual offender directing a movie. Wait, no, that's not how any story Actually, a sexual offender um, directing two movies. Yeah, oh God. And then a prick Um, directing the third. Oh oh God, I can't wait to get into that one. Jesus. (laughs) Not the film. I found myself surprised by some of my thoughts on The Last Stand, revisiting it like maybe 12 years since I maybe last watched yeah, it. Yeah, about unless, the same Unless I've dipped into it. Because I bought the Blu-ray, uh, the Blu-ray, Blu-ray. I bought the Blu-ray quadrilogy in like 2012 mm. for £12, I think it was, at, at HMV. I saw it and I was like, that's pretty good. And I and enjoyed the first two X-Men a lot. I'll pick that up. And that's I, what, I X-Men, X2, Last Stand, Wolverine, uh, Origins Wolverine. Yeah. Um... 
all in American-sized Blu-ray cases. Because in America, their Blu-ray case is like half the size of ours. It's the only thing that is, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the only thing they slimmed down on. <laughs> 20 of our American listeners. We're right, aren't we? Anyway, so, um, like, Big Gulp is small. For you guys, to us, a big gulp looks like it should be an illegal measurement of liquid. <laughs> a big gulp is a tank of gasoline. Um, yeah. <laughs> we don't put bacon and pancakes together because we think of them as completely separate meal types. Uh, I put bacon Maybe and you guys together, it... thank you very much. I don't put bacon and crepes together, but uh, bacon and big you know fluffy pancakes, they go together. Have you ever had grits? I've never had grits. I don't have grits. <laughs> It doesn't it, sound like a thing I want. It well, sounds like some well, kind of health condition. Right. Well, if I said to you, so it's a breakfast food, and it's called grits, yeah. what comes to mind? Um, Like sand. <laughs> sand. It's like sandy gravy. No, but you, you're thinking of something like, you know, maybe crispy, maybe shredded or yeah, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, it's just, it's just gritty porridge. Why is it gritty? Why is the, why is the porridge know. gritty? I don't know. It's gritty porridge, and you eat it alongside your bacon and your eggs, and I don't understand it, and I never will. And last time we were in Florida, my dad, it was his first time there, he was like, oh, you've got to try these grits. And I went, I think I've had them before, but I can't remember why I haven't had them again. And he was like, try some. And I did, and I went, this is the worst thing to Mm. ever happen to my tonsils. Do yourself a favor, Um, go to Canada and get poutine instead. Oh, poutine. Poutine, that's the one where it's uh, fries covered in stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, well, there we go. That's Over here, we, we call that fries covered in stuff. Cheese cheese curds and gravy. Um, <gasps> oh, so basically Canada are just doing what we do on like, at like 1am on a Saturday, yeah. crawling back from the pub. Just like, but with more maple syrup. Go there. Can I get some chips and cheese, please? I was put some fucking gravy on it. I I, I, went through, I went through oh. the Tim Hortons drive-thru yesterday and got a iced French vanilla and I saw that it was good. <laughs> okay, I know that we have to socially distance and, and we can't physically see each other, but if you were to go to Tim Hortons on my behalf, <laughs> put that thing at the end of the driveway, honk a horn and speed away, um, I wouldn't be mad. Um, anyway, French for those who don't know... For the win who the fuck we are uh my name is uh chris we are the future charles not them johnson uh my name is matthew my real name is pyro uh brilliant oh my god brilliant <laughs> what's your real brilliant. name john um <laughs> quite a talent you have there matthew for drinking <laughs> what was it vanilla <laughs> what this are you is, drinking right now you're drinking this a cold is a, coffee this is a caramel flavor cafe latte uh, from Asda. In is that ca- what they're saying? Iced in a carton. Um, <clears throat> carton of frozen dreams. You know, we really we really should um, cure uh, coronavirus so we can have Charlie with us for these episodes, because his McKellen is on point. It is on point. And I think... <clears throat> should we ever get McKellen? to the point where an X-Men episode... Like, yeah, an X-Men episode crosses over into a safe condition to be able to do it. We should, um, Charles, if you're listening, hello, lovely man. Uh, we should hire you to basically just sit here and in- occasionally interject in character as Magneto, um, but not with anything to do with the movies. Just sort of like with like really banal questions, like this is going to take much longer. We might we, need to go for a piss. We might be able to get him for 
Doft. If we... For what? For... Doft. 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 Is that Days of Future Past? Doft. 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 <laughs> well, there's... Yeah, there's still time. I suppose that's the uh, the next appearance of, of that. That's I guess... A, see, that's something I've only just realised as you're saying that. The, what we've just watched this week, because we have, in case you can't tell from the thumbnail, the caption... We're covering the original trilogy this week and yeah. nothing more. X-Men, um, X2, X- X-Men United, and X-Men The Last Stand. We've watched nearly everything McKellen does in this franchise now. Yes. It's weird, because you think of him as synonymous with it, and yet he's only in the first, like... I the, think... The first, the first quarter. <laughs> if we're counting all the movies we're going to be talking about, he's in the first quarter of this franchise. But I think he makes such an impression because he is iconic in all three of those films, even and, when the and films slightly themselves American. aren't. And slightly American, yeah. Which I really appreciate, because like, they, they established very early on that Ma- Magneto is Polish, but has travelled. And yes. in this, he's sort of McKellen, but he's got that American twang to his voice. <clears throat> well, Stuart's I, just Stuart. <laughs> I imagine he was uh, naturalised in America post-World War Two. Although that is, of yeah. course, contradicted by later films. Everything but we won't get into on. that! Yeah, so we're not going to talk for anyone who's like, but hang on, how does the first class continuity tie in? And I was, We will talk no. about that, we'll get when, to that. We get to when we get we to it. We are going to look at these from the perspective purely of... Um, of the films as they would be in their own little yeah we're looking at this trilogy as a trilogy we're not worrying about the other x-men stuff yet right. we'll get so, there we'll get there we'll there. be worry we might have to get keeks on for one episode as well oh like we she... were we were uh going at each other over x3 last night but we'll we'll talk about that later <laughs> It's so frustrating. I it's get like, I completely get her anger, but I'm I I think oh I'm no, starting to I was the angry one. Oh. Okay. Well I know I know her main furorster is with with is with the next phase of the franchise. Yeah, yeah, but like yeah. I think I've slowly for a long long time listeners for the show might remember, your philosophy on these movies is if they don't care, why should you? Yeah. And I I've, and it's I'm, clear, I've at least by moved into that, that camp they don't a bit care. more. Oh yeah. Oh, zero shits are given to to maintain a continuity, or even, or even, as as I was kind of shocked to realize watching this move these movies this week, um, even any sense of character arc or development oh, for principal yeah. cast members, all of that goes out in the wind of uh, the window by the third film. But again, we'll we'll start at the beginning. Um, well, I was amazed. I was amazed to find out at least one character has no development at all in any of the movies but we love them because the character's iconic not the performance and the actor or actress was massive at the time what but we'll get into that because what all i'm saying is uh, we'll get to it so <laughs> the landscape 2000 the year's 2000 i did not see this movie in the cinemas even though i was nine and, and going to the cinema from time to time i remember point. winning tickets for like a, a screening that was like a day early or something so i saw Damn. it like a day early and got um as part of a little goodie bag like a, a x-men um movie like comic and uh an uh a pack of car like CCG cards for a CCG mm. based on the aesthetics of the X Men movie, so it had that yeah. aesthetics, but it was like had like Gambit and Colossus and stuff in it as well. Yeah, um, that's so. Random. 
when I when I was a big X Men like I was always a big X Men fan because X Men is what got me into like American style comics through the Essential X Men reprint title over here. So I was subscribing to that at the time, and they were reprinting stuff that was like pre Age of Apocalypse. So we're talking like two thousand. It was reprinting stuff from like ninety five, ninety six. Mm-hmm. No, night. Yeah, 95, 96. Oh, post-Age of Apocalypse it would have been. So yeah, 95, 96-ish. Yeah, because the, the, um, UK, the UK reprint mags were mostly focusing on like, they, they started to come out and reprint Heroes Reborn, didn't they? That was their, that was their like... Oh no, they started impetus. before that. That was when I when I first started getting Essential X-Men, it was, <laughs> it was reprinting um, and this was like 94, 95. It, mm-hmm. it was reprinting like the end of fatal attractions into the phalanx covenant um and then it would have gone into age of apocalypse but then i I dropped it and then when i picked it back up it was just post onslaught yeah and then a couple of months after that they launched the first avengers collection on the back of heroes reborn so you got avengers what was was the avengers mag called that was it avengers united but there's little loads yeah. of these. Avengers United, Avengers Unconquered was one of them, um, and of course, <laughs> Astonishing Spider-Man was uh, the the Spider-Man uh, sort of uh, companion to this. Uh, but that was, yeah, that so was my was, gateway into regular yes. comics. So I was reading Essential X-Men at the time. Um, uh, so I was big. I was deep into that world, but of course, because of the era of comics I was reading, it was very. It was. Cyclops Storm, Jean Grey, uh, Bone Claws Wolverine, Gambit... No Col- Nose Bone Claws. Yeah, No Nose Bone Claws Wolverine, <laughs> uh, Gambit, Colossus, Rogue, Nightcrawler? Bishop. Bishop, yeah. Um, Nightcrawler was kind of sidelined. Uh, and it was also around the time that they introduced, like, the newer team <clears throat> of X-Men on the back of Onslaught, so it was... Uh, Cecilia Reyes, uh, Maggot, Marrow. Oh, Maggot! That yeah. team. Um, so that was the kind of era of um, of X Men I was sort of reading at the time. And then the, the buzz around the movie came out. I went to go see the movie, and at the time I really liked it. I was there was things I want like, of course, being what two thousand. So I was twelve. I was like, you know what? I want more Gambit. <laughs> Because that's who wants Gambit. They want twelve-year-olds want Gambit, um, and they want Cajun face sock man yeah, throwing cards exactly. and having a hero coat. Um, yeah. And now that I've grown up and I'm an adult, I'm realised no, no one ever wanted Gambit. Um, <laughs> we all wanted Rogue, but unfortunately, Rogue came with Gambit for the majority of the nineties. Well, yeah, so. uh, but not in this film. Um, yeah. Um, so this is a very sort of stripped down approach to the X-Men, a lot of the colours stripped out, and it just takes bits from various X-Men storylines. It's Wolverine meeting up with Rogue and developing a relationship, aka uh, along the lines of his sort of mentorship of characters like Kitty Pride and Jubilee in the comics. Mm. It's them joining the X-Men, it's the X-Men going up against the Brotherhood <clears throat> openly for sort of the first time, although it's implied that there's a lot of stuff we haven't seen. So the X-Men are already established, Xavier's school's already established, Mm. And we're using Wolverine and Rogue as a sort of audience surrogate entry point into this world of 
black leather clad paramilitary (laughs) mutant um, uh, mutant uh, operatives and evil Magneto and his team of uh, ciphers, I mean uh, evil mutants uh, they (laughs) hatch a plan to use a machine Mm. somehow to turn people into mutants to stop anti-mutant sentiment and um, then the, the only explanation you kind of get for how they're able to create a machine that can broadcast yeah. a mutant's power or, or the mutant genome is the throwaway mention that Magneto helped build Cerebro. Yeah. So it, um, that's the film's way of going, he's smart. And yeah. then it just kind of moves on. And it, like, it, oh, okay. it basically ends up, there's a big showdown on Ellis Island in the Statue of Liberty. The X-Men destroy the machine. Magneto's defeated and imprisoned. Uh, save the day. But some of the evil mutants are still out there. Um, this is not bad by the standards of the time. I think I talked before it's about fine. there's yeah. a sort of there's a sort of trio of films that helped pave the way for the current superhero wave. And it started yeah. in '97 with Blade, mm-hmm. of like plucking an obscure character from comics, retooling him for the screen, and making a real success out of it. It's a hell yeah. of a movie. I think I think you described it the other day as it's a horror movie and they put Blade in it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, then they took X Men where they took they they filed off the wackier aesthetics from X-Men, but not the wackier concepts, just the aesthetics. Married yeah, it to Blade's was... look and then made yeah. that, and that was successful. And then with Spider-Man in 2002, then they make it uh, so it is it, more it, colourful, It dips a toe fun. in the goofy pond. Yeah. Ever so slightly. Yeah, like, which... no, it's, still, it's still too scared. It's still too scared overall because that was the movies at the time and it was about yeah. easing, like, see... Goblin mech suit. Yeah. See, incredibly detailed Spider-Man costume that looks very expensive. Like, there's, there's still I, baby steps. There. I think they did push it a bit more into the comic book realm with Spider-Man 2, if for no other reason yeah. than the fact that there's a bank heist with big bags of gold coins, <laughs> which I fucking love! And love a montage so of Peter much. skipping around to raindrops keep falling yeah. on my head, just embracing um, that this is a cartoon world, yeah. even if it still looks kind of stylish and, and very expensive. So this first um, X-Men film yeah. and the and the rest that follow in this trilogy are kind of in yeah. the middle ground of that sort of spectrum. And I think, I think, I think X... Again, we'll go into each individual. But like X Men is is plays it safe. Yeah. X Men Two uh, stretches itself and shows off a little bit more. Yeah. And then X Men Three kind of forgets that it still looks the same as the previous two, but starts to act dafter and bigger and weirder in some respects, and it yeah. sort of shits but, the bed. But in ways that don't work as well, which I think we'll get. Yeah. To. But this first, I mean, the first thing that will strike you, I think, about this X-Men ah, movie... Striker. Oh, <laughs> hey! No, he comes to the second one. Um, is that the cast is incredible. Like, it, mm. at the time... And Halle Berry. Hey! Um, at the Halle time, Berry is like, a fantastic uh, actor, but, like, like she she's out of this out of this cast list, which we'll, we're about to tuck into. She's the only big-name actor who really doesn't do anything with the part she's been given. No. <laughs> like, at all. No. She's just sort of there, and it's partially the script's fault, really, but, like... I would yeah, argue it's but, most of the script's fault. But, I mean, looking at, the, looking at the the Brotherhood, uh, Tyler Maine as Sabretooth, it is a, it's a very, again, basic version of the character. He's just the muscle, he's the grunt, he's there to yeah, look scary, this, this... but, like, he feels intimidating, he feels creepy. The, if, there's um, a, if there's a flaw with the characters in this movie, it's that they use 
like iconic characters, but don't do anything with them. And I think Sabretooth uh, is the mis- perfect uh, yeah. encapsulation of that. Mystique's like, the, the the example of them getting it right, like yeah. taking a character who's known known for you know like being deceptive being like sort of five steps ahead of everyone else because she's laid a trap and Mm. and and also the creepiness inherent to someone just taking your face and looking like you in front of you like they they really make that work and rebecca remain and as she was at the time rebecca remain stamos like absolutely nails it yeah she's brilliant Um, in all of these films and mm. She's the, she's the MVP. Yeah, she's the MVP because she's... It, because so much of it is a non vocal performance through makeup. Yeah, um, I, and I think people overlook it because they're like, oh, it's just blue boobs, bluebies. Um, and I think that's a bit of a dismissive attitude to take because I think she really does sort of exude this sort of menace and glee. Like she takes yeah. pleasure in being scary and threatening. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I get the lack of uh, recurring costume as well, like having her look like a chameleon all the time. Yeah. Like I, uh, I get it because they really establish in, you know, she again, she's a character of few words, but she's a character of few words that they really make count. Yeah. Um, that she's very much like, I shouldn't have to disguise myself. So any no. opportunity where she is not infiltrating somewhere, she is naked, she is blue, she is scaly, she doesn't give a shit because she's like, this is what I am. Like, mm-hmm. why the hell should I be hiding this away? Um, so it doesn't feel... I know, obviously, I remember, like, I know me growing up, people would always make jokes about it. Be like, oh, the sexy blue lady. But it's like, when you watch the movie, it doesn't feel gratuitous. At no point does it feel no. like they're going, eh? But that might also have to do with the eye behind the camera and kind of where, where they were that looking. gaze is um, going. I think we will talk about that individual eventually, don't Mystique, worry. Mystique is a, a good example in these films of how the design work is good, but they take the comic mm. book design and tweak it to work in live action, and it works really well. The rest of the characters, I'm not so sure about. Uh, who else have we got in here? Toad. Uh, Toad. Ray Park. Ray Park is Toad does, again. Not fine. much to do, but he, he seems like he's having a bit of fun with it. It's a nice. Yeah. He's a. He's mainly known as a, or was at the time, mainly known as a as a stunt performer. So it was very much um, in that mode. It is very. It's, a, it's you know it's a physical performance, uh, but quite fun. Um, who else is on the the Brotherhood that isn't Magneto? Uh, just just those. Yeah, yeah there's a, it's a Brotherhood of Four in this movie. That's it. Um, Magne- Magneto, Ian McKellen, absolutely iconic, um, iconic character, iconically portrayed. He's brilliant. Uh, the script and is... our, our opening character, like for, for all for the yes. fact that it's a Wolverine yeah. and Rogue movie. Magneto's our our opening perspective. We see the flashback um, in, with the concentration camp and yeah. the. Oh, we we, the, we get in... the narration from Professor Xavier first, but we don't know that's Professor Xavier. Mm. Um. Mutants. <laughs> yes. So the natural, it's evolution. It is the next evolution. stage and that's not terrifying, but some people think it is. And it's um, like, oh, da, 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 da. Um, But because yeah. he's opposite Patrick Stewart, uh, Ian McKellen is, he's opposite Patrick Stewart as, as Xavier. That first conversation you get with him as adults, after you mm. get the flashback to, uh, to his outfits with the, where he, the concentration camp. So, yeah. It's concentration camp, and he, he um, rips the gate and gets yeah. beaten up by the guards, and it's like, oh my god, as a teenager. 
And then like, it fully establishes this is why he thinks the way he does yeah. about this yeah. world. Like you are not going to change Eric Lynch's mind about humanity being the enemy here. Yeah. Like look at how he was treated because of his religion, because of where he came from, and then because of his powers and what it did to his family. It's like yeah, they establish so well in that opening. Yeah, who Magneto is and why Magneto is, who and he then is. carrying that through into the first conversation between him and Xavier after the. Uh, info dump that we get from uh, from Famke Hansen's Jean Grey. With, yeah, uh, who is who is a, a representative for mutant relations? I like that they make Jean Grey uh, a doctor in this, like a scientist. Yeah, yeah, um, I enjoyed that she's a lot. A, she's cause... a researcher into mutation. Uh, originally in the script, yeah. it was Hank. Uh, Quite. But, but who, they... who, then, who then is in the second one in a throwaway cameo. Yes. Uh, and then they a major character in the third one. In the third, um, yeah. So it was originally... Uh, Hank, but then they cut down the characters in the script, and they gave it, they made, gave the sort of scientific background to Jean, which I think helps Rand out as a character. I think that's probably one of the best decisions they made in the entire trilogy. Um, and there's also uh, like Senator Kelly alludes later on to the fact that it's not it's not known outwardly that Jean is a mutant herself, but like he he's figured it out. Like he uh, I think it's well. suspected. Yeah, uh, Bruce Davidson yeah. is a great is great as Senator Kelly again. Another he's excellent in this comics yeah. character who uh, is basically a, a mutant skeptic mm. uh, um, senator who wants them to be registered and, and controlled. Um, I don't. I don't think it's. He's an, think, he's an he's an anti he's an anti gay marriage legislation. Yeah, like, but I think they do a good. I think, I think they do a good job of not making him mustache twirly evil. Like he seems yeah. like a he seems like a man who has genuine con- misguided concerns and mm. certainly a, a bigoted viewpoint, but he's acting more out of fear than of hatred. He's made a decision Which, about mutants without actually yeah. talking to a mutant to yeah, get their exactly. perspective. Yeah, exactly. Much like any, any you know, anti-gay movement. And, yeah. And, you know, like it's because that, that again, that was a big, that was a strong core of why I think this film has aged quite well because there are yeah. still battles for, for well, minorities and people it, in persecuted groups happening right now, and this movie doesn't treat uh, the mutant thing as like. I think it helps that this movie isn't just like, we're going to send giant purple robots out to capture yeah, the mutants. Yeah. And it's more like government like discussions and setting up laws and debates about whether or not it's ethical to leave, have a mutant child in a school with non-mutant children and all this. Yeah. It, 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 it hits very close to home still, which is upsetting when you think about it, but also like it's, it's put well, the film in a I way think... that I think even people who hadn't ever, ever seen anything X-Men before this would go... Oh, I get it. Right, okay. I get I get what the deal is with like mutants and mutant society in in modern or not too distant future day earth. I I think that's why the X-Men franchise has become so enduring. And not even in film, but like as a comic book, is because it has been so the sort of idea of mutants has been so applicable, rightly or wrongly, to things like mm-hmm. race relations, to uh, homosexuality and gay rights, to, in more modern days, things like uh, the trans movement, trans movement, trans people's experience, I should say. Um, I think it's that's, so that's something applicable. the director talks about on the behind the scenes. Like He talks about that was his in. That was his yeah, uh, Brian, Brian Singer as a, as a gay man and uh, alleged rapist. 
Uh, not sorry. The yeah, every every not, t- every time yeah. we say his name, uh, we need to just hawk yeah. up into a spittoon. So one. Not that not that the two are related. <laughs> I might add. No, in, in no. Being a gay man does not is not does not make does not mean that he was an alleged rapist. In being an alleged rapist means that he was an alleged rapist. Uh, yeah, him using offended. his position of power to um, prey multiple yeah. times on young male performers and uh, interns and runners and lighting people. Yeah. That's what makes him. We're not giving uh, space here. We're not trying to throw gay men under the bus. Uh, because there are sexual predators out there. Um, Weird that those two made a movie together, isn't it? Really, I know, right? Um, um, yeah. So two movies, two movies together. Uh, oh and also, shit! Oh, I didn't even realise till just okay. That's creepy. Uh, and oh. also in the cast, you've got Ian McKellen, who is a very uh, prominent figure in the uh, in the gay rights movement uh, as you know a member of Stonewall and very outspoken proponent for, uh, for gay rights he talks again in the behind the scenes about like that was the hook for him like he remembered yeah. the comics he remembered enjoying them when he was younger but he you know hadn't really thought about it much since he'd, he'd grown up and stopped you know not been picking them up from the news agent when he was little and then that was the pitch made to him it was like this is a story about like misguided opinions and and mm. how harmful it can be to a minority and and to a to a you know a, a, a persecuted group of people and he just clicked and he, he says in the behind the scenes like I, it's a story that is happening now, still, yeah. just and without it, the the flying and the and the flashing and and everything. Like it's still happening, and it's an important story. And it, even to play the viewpoint that I would never in a million years get behind, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, is still important because it's there to highlight the good and the right way to do things is by being in opposition to it. And I think that's that's part of the the joy of having such a great cast in this movie is having that come through in that opening conversation between. Or that early conversation between Xavier and, and Magneto is that sense of history between these two men and mm. the sense of where they stand on the issue before you even really understand the issue as an audience, getting those mm. lines drawn straight away. And I think that's really where the movie benefits from casting two such powerhouse performers. Because um, Patrick Stewart was like Wizard Magazine's. <clears throat> Um, most speculated. Oh, if they did the X Men movie, here's who should play Xavier for like all the '90s, throughout the '90s. Whenever those articles would pop yeah. up, and because that's what used to happen, kids, magazines would go, yeah. "Hey, imagine if they cast such a body in a movie." And uh, Peace Stewart being was always you, tied to he it. He'd be like, "Yeah, all right, why the hell not?" <laughs> Bring the dump truck truck of money to Patrick Stewart's driveway. All right, here yeah, it comes. <laughs> like, Let's go. Um, um, you know, it's it's he. Yeah, again, he's like you say, he's a, it's a powerhouse performance. That conversation kind of sets a bar because yeah. it's you know, it's what five minutes into the movie, yeah, like, something like that. Is this, is this what this comic book movie? Keep in mind when this film came out, you know, adults had seen Blade because it was an 18 certificate, it was an yeah. R rated movie. Um, NC 17, I think, actually, in America, it was definitely like a high, you know, high violence, high gore level, so no kids yeah. were watching Blade. Um, well, comic I book was, movies as far be. as the well, <laughs> same. Uh, comic book movies as far as as the world were concerned at this point in time, the last one that was on everyone's mind was Batman and Robin. Yeah, as far as like big successful but notoriously bad movies. So, like for this to be the first for the first five minutes to be concentration camp flashback, succinct kind of exposition dump, um, with. You know, sort of the uh, Jean Grey addressing the 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 UN and everything, and yep. Senator Kelly and whatnot, and then Stuart and McKellen, two actors who knew each other in real life but had not worked together at this point. Always wanted to, but never had. 
and they finally get to do it and this is the first scene you're seeing of them playing off against each other in anything and it's it's electric and the opening it's brilliant fi- and that's the opening five minutes of your movie like shit this can be good and it's really <laughs> this can be good it's really brilliantly shot as well like that first moment where it, it, it's sort of uh, McKellen half out of frame and so, uh, mm. but in focus with that hat while, like sort of lining yeah, up with the with, with the, the, the letterboxing and everything and, and yeah. uh, the the soft focus Xavier in the background that's a wonderful shot um, mm. and it kind of sets the stage for uh, what's to come although I don't think the movie really delivers on a lot of that and the sequel now the movie don't. the movie this first one's biggest crime is it kind of. It it nerfs uh, Xavier, um, so that his students, his proteges, can obviously yeah. step up and do the right thing. You can see why they take him out of the story as the third act ramps up. But the most compelling part of the film, outside of of Logan and Marie's like kind of shared journey into this world they didn't realize existed, is the Xavier and Lencher dynamic. Yeah. So to suddenly take Xavier out of it, you're like, oh. We don't really uh, okay. we don't really get it again. We get a little bit of it when he's talking through Toad and Sabretooth at the train station. And again, that's really nicely shot, the way that you'll start a sentence. Yeah, you're right. With, that's the um, last time those two characters interact yeah. in the film. Wow, I didn't even realise. Well, Sorry, you, go on. You, yeah, you'll, he'll have him start a sentence and then cut to Tyler Mayne or Ray Park finishing the sentence and... Hmm. Uh, that's a neat that is one. really well done. Uh, that whole sequence, um, actually, the whole train station sequence is really neat. There's a lot of neat stuff in this movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, Magneto think- as well showing a, a moment of restraint almost, where he, he fires the gun at the police officer, but then he holds the bullet. Yeah, well, he holds it, but it's still boring into his head very slowly. Which, yeah, um, he's like, I don't think I can hold them all, Charles. Like basically just saying like. I'm gonna fire all these yeah. guns. If people die, it's your fault. So you yeah. better let me go. And it's like, oh, whereas like. By the third movie, he would have just shot everybody. He wouldn't have given a shit. Well, you know, character development. Um, yeah. So or, or, or devolving. Well, we'll get to that. But um, speaking of, yes, characters, a couple of casts we've not mentioned yet. Um, James Marsden as Cyclops. Criminally uh, underused, which I didn't mind at the time. Underused. Because as a 12-year-old, I didn't think Cyclops was that cool. But as I've matured and read more X-Men comics, I'm like, actually, no, Cyclops is fucking badass. And Cyclops, very much Cyclops like- is a Captain America, a Superman kind of archetype. Like who is interesting in more yeah. recent times because they've then gone, maybe he... Yeah. Maybe everyone thinks that's what he's supposed to be, but he's actually a massive knobhead. And it's sort of like they've played more with that over the years. Yeah. But like at this point, the animated series Cyclops is clearly kind of what they're going for. Yeah, it's, it's the Boy Scout. So. This movie is the most is the most forgiving and most generous towards his character out of all of the films in the series. Yeah, even he going get... forward, this this is the one where they go, here's who he is, here's his motivation, he's mostly there to be kind of a friendly rival to Logan, Yeah, but we're going to let James Marsden play, and and his look is very... I mean, admittedly, his look is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. yeah it's a if, great if design. The black Just splash anyone, some yellow. It's... Splash some yellow onto that uniform in, in a sequel, and it would have been like, there he is! Yeah. That's freaking Cyclops! Yeah. Oh my god! Um... He does a great job with what he's given, but like you say, he is wasted going forward, yeah. quite literally. Um, Halle Berry. I've alluded to this, and it really struck me watching all three this week. Is the most wasted cast member, and Storm is the most wasted character in the yeah, entire trilogy. Yeah, she doesn't really get anything to do. She's just there. 
Yeah, Storm, the goddamn absolute queen, the powerhouse of the X-Men in both her power ability and just how dynamic she is as a character is reduced to just like, hi, Logan. Oh, I'll make a bit of wind. Oh, here we go. You just really didn't get much to do. Yeah, she's there because everyone recognises Storm. Yeah. That's why she's there. They don't have anything to give her. And it really sucks because, I mean, the three most impressive wigs in the series. Yeah. But, like, you know, they, they just... just I, I had some of the... I had, I had some of the action figures from the first and second film uh, that I got, like, in a Toy Master. There weren't any for the third, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, they, they, they did, like... <laughs> They did like two as part of a Marvel Legends wave, like two mm. years later. But we'll we'll it's get to really that. Really weird. But yeah, uh, the action figures of the first film are really kind of shit. Like the first well, yeah, wave is sort it's... of bad sculpts, but then the next wave are just like, I, I had the storm, and it's Halle Berry, and she's I shit you not, I'll do it for you on camera now. But she's posed sort of with her arm like kind of one arm just sort of down, and the other arm is posed like with a, a bent elbow and a splayed palm. Yeah. And it's so you can either have her with one arm out like that and the splayed palm bent arm one up a little bit further back. So it's almost like she's casting something yeah, yeah. in some direction. Doing but, a lightning. Yeah, but the natural fit for the character is her arm down by her side and the hand is shaped to fit round the bicep. The bent arm hand is shaped to fit around the bicep of the, the stretched out arm. Yeah. So it's like she just sort of casually stood there with one arm. Like a very kind of shy, coquettish pose which i don't think her is face particularly is, her, horror, her face hey. is that standard kind of action figure we've just done one scan of the actor with a neutral expression and we're leaving it at that kind of thing so it's just mm-hmm. a, a neutral halle berry face and because halle berry is, is quite petite uh up against like say the cyclops or wolverine figure she's tiny so storm the action figure of the weather-wielding african goddess the mutant queen who controls the sky and can darken and and bring about the sun and like oh my god she's so powerful the action figure is just like hi i'm storm (laughs) it's really really weird and the rogue action figure is even weirder it's just like a really stiff anna paquin like in that green jumper with the scarf well here's the thing about action figure about rogue in these movies is because there's no ms marvel they mm. didn't really think about another way to give her her strength flight durability powers so rogue and is I'd just argue, a i'd argue you don't have to give them to her if you do something interesting with her powers yeah uh and, and they about... do in the first film for an emotional like impetus and, and reasons yeah. to why she goes on the journey she goes on and then they just kind of forget about her after this movie yeah, she's kind of there. Well, for two no, films. she does. She does. She gets quite a bit into the second one, but yeah, in the, th- she in does, the third but one, she does. Most of just... her plot is, I like boys. My boy might like another girl. I'm mad now. And and her her conclusion at the end of the third one is so like, I get it. Yeah. If the third one immediately followed the first one, do you yeah. know what I mean? But like two shows her like learning to live with her ability, and like. You know, not necessarily being mutant and proud, but being like, you know, I, I get it. I, 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 I can be part of this community and do good and, mm. and part of this operation and do good. And then the third one, she's like, my boyfriend might like another girl. I'm going to get rid of my powers now. And you're like, it's just that that was definitely where she could have gone once upon a time. But with the film in between, it kind of feels odd. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, Anna Paquin but... is great in this first movie. She's yeah. so good in this first movie. Um, I love that Rogue's the POV character because 
it's like you said, it's the, the, the Logan surrogate father thing from the comics, but very specifically her running away from home, her getting involved in the X-Men, like all that sort of stuff feels very much like they, when coming up with the screenplay for this, watched the pilot episode uh, at Night of the Sentinels uh, for the yeah. animated series. Because that is about it's... Jubilee yeah. running away from home, getting caught up in shenanigans, yeah. joining the X-Men, Logan looks after her. So it's it's like, okay, I get that. And again, the the opening of this movie is fucking great. With for her, like where she nearly kills her boyfriend. Yeah, her boyfriend's her the actor. Powers manifest for the first time as they kiss. Uh, the actor like, who plays oh. him went on to play Albert Wesker in the Resident Evil sequels. Oh, well, there you go. So, <laughs> so that's and this was his of, origin story. <laughs> that's a little. That's a little bit of trivia for you. Um, I hate strong, powerful women, which is why, <laughs> after being kissed by my girlfriend, uh, made me have a seizure. I made zombies. Yeah, no, um, I think that her opening seems real, real good. Uh, it's real punch. Uh, the the way that, and then the way that she's introduced to Logan, to Wolverine, yeah. to huge Ackman, yeah, um, is <laughs> or, or, or not so huge Ackman in no, this movie. No, he's pretty Little scrawny Ackman. <laughs> but still, again, he completely sells it because there there was that whole thing of like, oh, Hugh Jackman's too too tall and pretty to be Wolverine. It's like, yeah, but look at what he does on screen with him. Oh shit, it reads like he's it, it, he's he he's very much it. he's very much. It's weird going back to the first X Men movie after so long because he he is his most kind of cookie cutter in this first one. He's great in it, but it's so weird to see how how much better he gets at it as he goes on playing this part. Like, if you watch this movie and then immediately watch The Wolverine, you'd watch them both and go, right, well, he's Wolverine in the second, in, in that second film. Yeah, like, yeah. He's all right in this one. But like you say, he he is the he's the character. He's the cartoon incarnation in particular. He's very much that, like, without the, the Berserker rage, they save that for the next one. Yeah. But, like... Without the Berserker Rage, it's like, yeah, this is the asshole, dickhead, cigar-chomping piece of shit who, like, has the heart of a warrior but can't give a fuck, really. Yeah, it's like, it's I just want to get a beer, get my money, and leave. He's not, he's not the hero yet. He's not He's not the Wolverine yet. No, this is, there's a little bit of... There's a hint of the hero's journey in this for him. But, yeah. it you know, it's kind of very perfunctory and rushed through. Um, but I really like Hugh Jackman in this. I think I think overall his hair's hilarious, but it's not the worst in the trilogy. You no, know, but I was talking about I was talking about this. I was I I was theorizing that that Logan does try and to style his hair, but it naturally resumes that shape. That'd be funny if we'd have got a That'd scene. That'd be funny if that was the reason. If we'd have got a scene of that in one of the movies as a sort of explain away thing, I think that would have been great. I'd have been like, yes, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, because in this did. he's just sort of like he's just got he's just got fuzz on his head basically it's like it's yeah. just it's a fuzzy mane with some slight pointing in the in the the iconic shape yeah. but not quite all the way there in the second one they kind of refine it there's a little bit more gel involved and yeah. it curls round at the back which yeah. is like who would do that to their hair that's what i mean it must and be a the natural one, thing you know where he styles it like that in the third one, they just go, ah, oh, fuck it. And they just shit, put a shitload of gel on his head and spray it and go, like, that'll do. That'll do. And while we're on it, let's thicken your eyebrows with this eyebrow pencil and make them even dark. And the third one is so weird. If you look at his face across the three first movies, the way they do his makeup and his mutton chops is so 
different. It's there's a really lot of, weird. There's a lot of weird hair and makeup choices in the third one, but we'll get to that. But yeah, but I he's think great to, in this. Uh, his claws look amazing for, for two thousand. They nail, that they nail the claws right wow. off. They, I mean, like, there's practical props, but they they it's those moments where you the CGI the it coming out of the hands. It's the snack first bit. Yeah. Where he like he has the the the, the claw to the guy's face the, with, the, with the shotgun in the bar yeah. and that middle one just just slowly Very slips out. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's, I wonder if that was a prosthetic. Oh, that's hand. creepy. I don't know. I think, Do you I think, think that was a CGI practical sweetness. rig, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. But I'd have to go back and look, but. Because it's a very quick shot. It, mm. it, 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 it's only about a second that you see that, and then it cuts to the the side side angle of it, and the guy like oh pulling his thing away. Because uh, that's the thing: the CGI in this movie they use it sparingly. Oh, very sparingly. Yeah, it's helped. It's helped the movie age well visually. I think it, it doesn't. I think look there's tacky. one particularly there's dodgy some weird moment. wire work in there. There's yeah, some weird it, wire work it, in it. There's the moment towards the end where he's fighting Sabretooth on the Statue of Liberty. And it was in the, all the trailers. It's where he get he, he falls off, and then he uses his claw to sort of swing around the peak of the one crown, of the peak of the crown, and then come back on. And it's a really odd shot, and it doesn't quite work. But I see what they were going for. I um, had the Statue of Liberty playset. They made two playsets. Oh this film. wow! One's the torch hand. I wish I'm I still had it because it just as a display piece, it looked really good. Oh look at but these! But one's up the right torch now. hand with the uh, the smashed up like you know the. What do you call it? Swirling whirly dirly. The uh, the swirly dirly machine. Yeah, the swirly dirly muted mutagen machine, and the other one uh, was the Statue of Liberty's head with yeah. like sort of steel trap, um, uh, like you know sort of a uh, 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 trap the hero kind of thing oh, yeah, inside yeah. it. And also there were little claw dents in one of the Statue of Liberty's crown peaks. Which is funny because I tried to stick an X2 Wolverine's claws in it and be like, I wonder if we could just dangle from here. And of course, of course I could do that, but it breaks your claws off, doesn't it? So, <laughs> didn't break mine off. Look at that. It was, it was one of those where I was looking at it. I was like, that's bending in it. Oh, I need to get that out of there. I need to take that out of there right now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, but they were kind of cool. I, I As far as like the set pieces go, the, the fight at the train station is fine, but it's worth it for that standoff with the police outside and Magneto afterwards. Yeah. Um... Because again, like the action in this is kind of, it's it's restrained except in a couple of places. Where there's they some, want to yeah, the there's some good stuff in there, but it's like the the Wolverine um, mystique mystique fight on Ellis Island is really good. Again, because I think yes. they really, oh yeah, they, again they yeah. really d- have some fun with mystique in this trilogy of making her really agile and nimble, and mm. so when she gets into into fights, it's very. Uh, She's very fluid, in a way. You get she, it. You're like, yeah. you're like, oh, she's not. She's not just disguisey McDisguisey. Like yeah. she's the perfect assassin. She can infiltrate somewhere and then kill whoever yeah. she needs to kill. Mostly using her ankles. Yeah, there's just so much. <laughs> it, yeah, she's like a bunch of snakes. It's great. Um, and just her her music cues as well. Like, yeah, weird, weird scratchy sound. There's not a whole lot like, of. Oh, well. There's not distinct a whole themes. lot of memorable music or distinct themes in these movies, uh, but the, the Mystique theme is quite nice. Um, uh, what else can we it's say kind about of fun. the first one? Um, yeah, um, it's, it's fine. I mean, it's got, it's got a few lines that we've definitely all repeated from time to time. You know, the whole, like, uh, it's me. Prove it. You're a dick. It's great. Okay. Like, that's... Great. You know, and, and and then there's the the line that we all kind of go, really? With the whole, um, what would you prefer, a yellow spandex? And we're like, Yeah! Yes, yes, we yeah. would. 
but at um, the time it was kind of cool to take the piss out of the sincerity of of the the me the comic inspirations so it's yeah like, i see yeah. why they did that line it's like yes i actually um, would prefer your last one and but, you know early but, but you're still wearing skin tight uniforms yeah early early content designs exist that had more colorful costumes so they were on the table God, for wish. a while I wish, um, I wish we'd have them. Oh my uh, god! Also, also, some of the dialogue can be attributed to an uncredited rewrite from Joss Whedon, including um, the most infamous line in the movie, yeah. apparently, uh, which, which we talked I about before. Argue, yeah, I will argue is only crap because of Halle Berry's delivery. Weirdly, it's not a great line, but it's not meant to be delivered like a a one line of in a Schwarzenegger movie, which is how they go for it. But if it was the movie, a the movie line treats. There. Oh, the there's li- definitely a better line. The yeah. line is, the line is, you know what happens to a toe when it gets struck by lightning? The toe same goes, thing that happens huh? to, and it goes the same thing that happens to everything else. But it should be, do you know what happens to a toe when it gets struck by lightning? Toe goes, huh? And she says, it croaks. That, that's a that line. Would, that would be a Schwarzenegger, pit, yeah. a Schwarzenegger one-liner and would work in the way they and with deliver the, it. Absolutely. And with this, absolutely with this smirk. Apparently... There was a running gag with Toad that would have that would line would have been a callback to, but it was cut. What running so like, gag could that? So like Toad had been? some kind of catchphrase that Storm was mocking in that scene, but all, it got cut. Oh, so like do you, know what what, to, do you know what happens to a Toad when it's cutted? Something like that. Like yeah. it would have been a recurring, yeah, something like that. People mocking but. him. People mocking him for like, so you're a Toad. So that he's like, do you yeah. know what happens to it? Is that the, yeah, I don't know. But um, it's, I mean, it's Kelly script- going gooey. Sorry, sorry. I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to hit things before we move on to the next. Yeah, Senator yeah. Kelly turning into a watery gooey pile is uh, horrifying, brilliant, horrifying. Love it. Um, um, all the stuff uh, that uh, Senator uh, Kelly's mutation is is great. Stanley on the beach smoking hot dogs. Hey, yeah, he's a hot dog vendor because why not? Why not? Um, which is great because he's kind of a hot dog vendor in uh, is it Spider Man Two or he's no, it's a deleted scene in Spider Man One. A deleted scene in Spider-Man 1, his original cameo was him as like a, a, a guy selling merch at the festival. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. And he, he's trying to advertise um, sunglasses. He's saying, I like, like the ones the X-Men wear. And that was the line in the in Yeah, because the there was going to be a Wolverine cameo in one of the Spider-Man, in one of the Raimi Spider-Man films. But yeah, do you know why they didn't I, film it? Go on. Because they couldn't find his costume in time. Really? Well, why, why go for the costume? Just put him in a freaking vested a jacket yeah like, but i mean like get it I, I assume they meant like the hair and shit as well like they couldn't oh yeah get him, they couldn't a, do the costume like and makeup and in time that was the reason Damn. that they didn't after cameo i mean i'm kind of glad they didn't in a weird way because uh that would just complicate things yeah further at this but, point there um, we go uh, i hate the love triangle i already hate it in movie one so they established yeah. this that gene and scott are a thing and then Logan comes along and is like, "Hey, Gene, I think you're hot." That's basically that's the that's the the breadth of it in this. I think you're hot, and it seems like and she's kind Scott's of like, maybe almost going for it. But then... but that's the thing. Toward the end of the movie, she's suddenly sort of like, "Logan, we we shouldn't." And it's like, have you had a conversation that we've not seen? Yeah, that, it, like it, it you feels two a get bit on, rushed, doesn't it? Yeah, it's really weird, especially um, because they kind of set up the idea that she and Scott have been together a while. It's like, is she really just going to leave because some vaguely handsome hairy man? Mm-hmm is like I mean they're, bone. S- they're sleeping together like yeah. not like li- not boning like literally no, sleeping yeah. they, they share a bedroom in this yeah. like boarding school so one would assume that that's a pretty serious relationship but yeah all this hairy fucking Kavorka I think it's there and all of a sudden 
it's there because it has been there in other yeah other there, there are some, characters. There are that's some the only things, reason it's in there there are some things in these films that make sense because of the logic of the films and the characters yeah. but there are some things in these films and that's one of them that are there because that's what people expect from x-men which um, kind of sucks because it's like yeah. you could do so much more like with that over time and instead yeah. you put it in here but you know I, um, I, this was definitely i don't think this was a franchise that was particularly well planned in advance because this was so a time much where so you that didn't plan things in advance yeah they didn't have a sequel yeah. script or concept ready to go when no. the movie did absolute gangbusters at the box office although thankfully and, um, david hater was on hand to craft a, a sequel to his screenplay for the first one um yeah Whilst, uh, whilst yes. clearly thumbing through his copy of uh, God Loves yes. uh, Man Kills. And yes, that David Hater who voices Solid Snake, that one, yes, it is him. Who, yeah. Who wrote the screenplay for the first one from a story by Brian Singer and some other person. Well, let's be honest, um, from a story by Chris Claremont. Yeah, well. <laughs> like, let's be again, honest. Yeah. And the second one, again, <laughs> d- does the same, does not return for the third. Um, and I'm not saying that David Hater is like a great script writer. But yeah. he's better than the third film. Yeah, <laughs> this is, you know, I, I for me, I was always like, oh, do you know what X two? Like as much as the franchise pisses me off, X two solid. And I've got to say, on this rewatch, first time in about seven years, I think for this one for me, um, it's not as brilliant as I remember. It's a bit, but it, it's definitely again. For me, maybe we won't agree, but it's definitely the best of these three. Oh, like, yeah, no, it is. Down. It is. It suffers from sidelining Cyclops, immediately sidelining him. Oh, yeah, it, nerfing nerfing Cyclops and, and the Professor, but at least it still dips in on the Professor and gives him scenes yes. so that we can see, once again, phenomenal actors playing off of each other. In this case, Patrick Stewart and Brian Cox playing off yeah. of each other. Which is a joy um, to say. Bri- oh, can we, can we just... Brian Cox is having a fucking hoot and a holler in this. He's so good in this. He is so, so good. And it pisses me off when people talk about things like Superman and this, that, and the other, and say, oh, they're too OP. Like, what sort of villains can you put them up against? Motherfucker, this movie is about people who can, like, move things with their minds, create storms, heal from any wounds, slice up a bitch with things that pop out of their hands. And yet, and yet, the villain is just an angry military dude and he what, bests them all what I also love about so easily and it's what, just like good like credit to solid snake good writing yeah good writing well, not just is it. how it's you a, make three interesting man stories play. it could have been michael okay. doherty or zach penn but looking at what zach penn did on the third one it probably wasn't him probably uh, so, <laughs> but so, like cox is cox is read it and he's like right so wait you're giving me the source material to look at he's an angry preacher yeah but in this i'm an angry military guy Who's been, who's been winning wars since before you were sucking on your mum's titties? Which makes no, which makes <laughs> which no sense a, because him and Brian Kelly Cox and Bruce like Greenwood are about the same age. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's uh, a great line though. It's it a, is great, a line. great line, and it is well delivered by Cox. It's like um, like all of like all of Striker stuff in this, it's a great line, well delivered because it like you say it, like you say he, he takes that uh, angry preacher energy and marries it to this military dude energy and so he is he's basically playing it as a preacher who just happens yeah. to be a military scientist and he's great fun like really really boo hiss villainy and who's had a complicated relationship with mutants over his life like his first exposure to them is very likely discovering his son jason being a mutant yeah. so he sends him off to xavier's academy presumably in its very early days and he wants Xavier to cure Jason. And Xavier's like, that's not 
that's not what this is about, mate. Like you don't, yeah. you know, you don't cure mutants. Like that, that's who they are. Like I can help him control his powers so that he can live a day to day life, and uh, whilst learning what good he can do for the world and for other people with his powers. Mm-hmm. Like, and Striker's like, well, <laughs> fuck you. So yeah. we've already got him. We've already got the evangelical sort of like uh, pro conversion therapy again like homophobic angle for his character so again you you see him you recognize him in the real world and you're like what an absolute prick yeah but then he's he's gone away and uh, at some point after jason being at xavier's because jason is clearly sort of in like his 30s maybe 40s yeah. like this was a long time ago as xavier's so in the interim he's run a military division that has experimented on mutants for the military. So it's it's without even going into like Including the psychology in son. the movie, they're suggesting that he's like, right, so I can't cure my son. Well then I'm gonna use my son for the good of America. Also, I was trying my I w- terms. I was trying Give to Give me that guy out. you can heal and stick some metal in him. I'm gonna do this on my terms. I was and now to- he's got to the point where he's like, ah oh, fuck it, I'm gonna kill them all. I was trying to work <laughs> out who um if Jason Stryker was a was a, like a, a character in the comics, but he's he's a adaptation he's of Mastermind. A... Oh, right, okay. Because Jason, I think Jason is mentioned like you see him in flashback in God Loves Man Kills. Don't well, you? I don't know if his name is Jason. In, in, in that, you find out that Stryker killed his wife and child when his child like yeah. got powers. His kid got powers, so he killed them both. Because um, it's that whole crazed preacher like scorched earth thing, isn't it? It's like, right, get rid of this devil from my house. Get rid of this demon and the woman that sired this demon. It's like, I mean, you kind of had a role in creating that child as well. Just a little bit. Fucking God-fearing motherfucker. Um, So... It you know it, it's it's interesting that in this incarnation they go no 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 he's he hates mutants that much that he's going to utilize them for military benefit mm. and when that doesn't work and it's again it's sort of implied that he changes his tact again after Logan escapes twenty years prior that he's like right well, I'm just going to find a way to kill them all like yeah. and, and he's been he's been pushing for you you know that um in the X Men movie universe he is one meeting away from having the Sentinels commissioned. Oh like, yeah. That's yeah, kind yeah. of the, Definitely. the, the thingy. Cause you know, and maybe, maybe he did start that. Cause in the next movie, we get a suggestion that the Sentinels were possibly a concept at some point, um, in the next film at the beginning, very briefly, but yeah, striker is fucking phenomenal. And the character recurs throughout the series going forward. He is never as interesting as he is here. Like he's at his most compelling and his most, like villainous and yeah. frightening in this movie non some no no more no more so than when he <laughs> sends a black ops team to uh trank if not kill a house full of children oh it's trank like, them yeah trank them to oh kill them later oh my god to experiment oh on them oh my later. god and the like, assault on the mansion is, is real good we get it's our first glimpse stuff. of Berserker Wolverine. Yeah. We get to see Berserker Wolverine. I mean, bloodless, but like the energy and the violence is is so like it, it, it's scary. Like to watch Wolverine suddenly wailing on that dude in the kitchen, and when he stabs him in the chest and just screaming at him, you're like, "Oh, there he is! There's Wolverine! Mm-hmm. That's the Wolverine we've been waiting for! There he is! Mm-hmm. He's in the movie! He's not even had a beer and he's still going berserk. This is great." 
Um, he's had an ice cold Dr. Pepper. Um, <laughs> Do you have any beer? This is a school. <laughs> Which I thought was great. <laughs> it's like, so that's a no. That's a no. <laughs> um, so I like the, that Iceman gets the, more doing this. And, and Rose yes. as well. And you get to sort of see Iceman developing into an X-Man. Like yeah. you, you, you see Bobby making the... The, the 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 subtle jump from student to student they're absolutely going to be training first when they yeah. start like recruiting the next lot um the basic plot of the movie is an ass- attempted assassination at the white house from a mutant activist uh leads to william striker's uh sort of task forces to uh, perform a sting operation on a suspected place of mutant recruitment and um and development into paramilitary team he's not wrong you yeah, um, know he's not wrong the xavier institute um he kidnaps xavier and uh melds his mind to help create a cerebro surrogate that will be used to broadcast a death frequency that'll kill all mutants in the world meanwhile the x-men find the mutant assassin learn that he's been set up by striker to do this um, bring in Magneto uh, after his escape, and Which they all team up escape. and work together. It's so good. They all team up and work together. So it's weird how we don't get blood in the, with the claws in the the man- mansion sequence, but we get that moment in the cell with Magneto, <laughs> and the film's totally fine with it. Hey, the MPAA um, is a funny old thing. It is. Uh, they all team. So basically, the X Men and the remaining two members of the Brotherhood, uh, Magneto and Mystique, uh, team up to take down Striker kill the weapon x program once and for all mm. um and then uh last second flip surprise magneto and mystique take advantage of the situation to perform a brotherhood level terror attack uh that's the film yep. it's the longest of the three it, over two hours nearing two hours 15 minutes total runtime this one the other two both come in under an hour 40 um it's it's definitely the strongest of the three in terms yeah. of a film, like in terms of an experience, yeah. set pieces, uh, running time, pacing. It knows when to slow down and then when to pick back up, and and like it, it has a sense of that. But its biggest weakness, which I noticed on this watch, is it has no fucking clue who any of the characters are and what to do with them. No, and that this is something that that gets even worse into the next one, but it starts here. Um, we, I don't we, know if it's because there's so many writers working on it, because it's last three script, script writers. It's um, also motivations. I, Jean yeah. is not a main character in this movie, but we learn early on that she, her powers are developing in a way that she... an accelerated rate. In the first movie, she is telekinetic with some mild telepathic abilities. And yeah. the professor's trying to t- teach her to, to use her telepathic abilities. In this movie, it's it's implied to be like a month, maybe two months since the first one, because they refer yeah. to the Ellis Island incident, and people ask if Senator Kelly, which it's is... It's less than a year. It's less okay. than a year after yeah. the first one. And, Wolver- and Wolverine's gone to Canada, done a bit of searching and come back. Um, like, it's implied that her, her powers have, have accelerated very quickly. Um... And then that's not touched on at all for the rest of the movie. Like when she finds out Scott's kidnapped, she's worried, and Famke Jansen plays the heck out of it. But then the script and the film kind of go, "Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to you later." Yeah, and it's they, sort of they, weird. It, it, like there's a bit of her- tell don't show going on in these movies where they tell you about stuff but they don't show you. Like Sc- mm. Cyclops mentions like that the room started shaking when she's having nightmares now, where it used to be that she could like had to really concentrate to move small objects, but mm. now she's unconsciously, you know, creating. Yeah. Uh, much much stronger telekinetic effects. It would be nice to see that. Yeah, 
Don't it tell us nice about that. Open like, the film with her having a nightmare or something. Yeah. But it's because she's not a main character in the rest of the movie. They put that there to establish that at the end, she's going to make a sacrifice play. Yeah. Which comes the hell out of nowhere because it's mentioned at the beginning. There's nothing about it throughout the whole film. Yeah. And then she does like she she does that. Like there's no through line of, oh my god, something's out of control of me. I don't know what's going on. And then at the end she's like, I can stop this. Maybe well, they this do is it. why this they is do happening. It a little bit but with they her... do it because they've already at this point gone, we know what the next one's gonna be, so we'll put this in there. It's weird. They do it a little bit with her being in being able to take out one of the missiles that when that's trying to shoot down the X jet. But then yeah. not Which is be a pretty able good sequence make... actually. Yeah. Like it's but then not be able to she loses control and can't do the second one. Yeah. So there is that there is that moment. Um where it's like <clears> But she, you could yeah, have absolutely had that scene you. you could have had that scene without her at the beginning being like, I can suddenly do more. Like because you just assume yeah. as a as a viewer, oh Jean's developing, like she's getting better. She can do bigger things. Yeah. I'll just put a bit of dialogue um, in that scene which is about like, oh, that was that, that was, was weird, Jean. Uh, or, or, or her being like, I've never been able to do that before, you know. Structurally, it's a bit... There's, there's little things I, I, you could tweak with it to make it a bit flow a bit better. But for the most part, it's really solid. It's Again, it's got some really great action sequences. Uh, that opening assault on the White House is incredible. That's um, pretty great, yeah. Especially just, the final shot before the president is pinned yeah. to the desk. Like It's almost one continuous shot of, of this mysterious teleporting assailant. I, mean, I fucking love Nightcrawler, and I think they use him mm. really well in this. I um, would have been happy had they never brought him back with the revisions later on with the time travel this, that, and the other, yeah. other version. I'm, I would be happy to be like, oh yeah, they do Nightcrawler in one of the films, and they use him really fucking well, yeah. which they do in this one. Uh, he was Alan supposed Cumming to come back so to well. X3, for X3. He was, but Alan Cumming um, was like, I'm not doing that in the makeup no, again. No, he wanted to do it. But oh, did he? It was oh. decided that it would the because his role was so small in the script. Yeah, that it, it wasn't pretty worth expensive. bringing him back for it. But oh, Alan Cumming sucks. was up for it. Well, just so. all you had to do is make up his face and give him the gloves and just put him in a, a full body costume instead. You think? But hey, oh, that sucks because I know he. I know he complained a lot around the release of this movie. I remember reading it at the time. He was just sort of like he said, "I hate the makeup. Hate it. Absolutely yeah. hate it." He says, "If I never do it again, I'll be happy." So I always assume that was why he never came back to do number three. No, no. He but he was, is in he the game. He is in the game for number yeah. three. Because because uh, when X-Men 2 came out, the game was X2 Wolverine's Revenge, which has nothing to do with the film. Yeah, it shares, it on the shares some aesthetics. Yeah, some of the aesthetics there. Like the costumes yeah. are, all, are costume options in it. Yeah. Um, but it's, 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 it's a comic book story with Mark Hamill, like voicing Wolverine, comic book characters that aren't in the movies are in it. Um, but then for X-Men 3, the game that came out was called X-Men The Game. And you played as Wolverine, Iceman, and Nightcrawler across uh, a big story. It was like a prequel um, to the movie, wasn't it? Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. I, I guess Nightcrawler is still some character you do want in the franchise. Yeah. And I wouldn't be... I, you know, I'm not surprised. After 2. like he was, the, he was definitely the breakout character when this film came out. This is the first one of these I saw in the cinema. And, and that, like, Everything to do with Nightcrawler was what everybody in our because it was a school trip. We went to see, we went to see X Men Two with school. It's like, really odd one, really. And I think it was Year Six as well. It was primary school, so it was like, really, mm. <laughs> like, we're gonna watch Magneto pull blood out of a man on our Year Six trip. Okay, sure, all right. 
Um, that sequence is, like you said before, ah, it's freaking great. It's Plastic yeah. Prison, which is a wonderful concept. It breaks down the moment you really try and think about it. But it's a great comic book idea. Like, it's a yeah. plastic prison. Um, like, the bullets are... <laughs> There's a weird bit later on where Deathstrike, she shoots Scott with the gun and nothing happens and she looks surprised. Is it, I, was, I think it's like it's like like a taser gun or a like an ejector, but it bounces off his leather armor. Right, because I thought like maybe she fired the gun and was like, "It's only plastic." I, I can't like, remember why it, did yeah. why did they make those guns if they don't actually have any practical use? It's I can't remember weird. whether it's like a trank shell or if it's like a taser round, but it just it, it does that moment where it bounces off his leather armor. So I don't that's think she knows wearing armor. It just looks down and then blasts her. Yeah, that scene is really poorly directed. <laughs> yeah, that, that little fight in the in the waiting area for the prison is really poorly directed, and, and it's it like sort of shows the most it shows one of Scott gets to do. Yeah, it shows one of Singer's biggest limitations as a director, outside of his limitations as a human being for being a alleged rapist. Um, mm. Is the is the bit where uh, you realize in that scene, oh, all of his female characters are going to fight like Mystique. Because yeah. that's how Deathstrike fights for the entirety of the movie when she's used. She fights again, like she's Mystique. she's not actually in it that much. She's not. And she's only there. And I feel, who's who's the actress? Because she's she uh, intimidating as... Kelly Hugh. She's intimidating as sin. Like, she she mm. really plays that cold air of menace. Um, but, like, she's just there so that they can have the, oh, she's got claws too moment. Which... On reflection, and again, I'm more a casual X Men fan. Like out of the two of us, I'd say you're the X Men. Like I, you're the X Men fan. I'm, you're the X Men enthusiast. I'm the X Men. In terms of the comics, you're the X Men. Um, it just makes me sad that we have the wasted opportunity that we're not going to have Deathstrike with giant, screwed up looking arms, big claws, well, and that the... like screaming bloodlust that she has. Instead, that's... she's just I'm the silent operative who works with a striker, and I have pointy nails. So, that's the okay. difference in the comics. Deathstrike's not a mutant. No, she's, she's a cyborg. She's a cyborg. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is so why I get it. It's, it's, it's that thing shit. of. It's that thing of well, we want to have a we want to have a thug like a, a second level boss who's with Striker, who one of our heroes has to fight. Is the comic book movie tradition of like, well, let's put in a character we're obviously not going to build a movie around. Like, let's have them in. I still it's think it's a, a cool visual, but it, it's just a shame because like Deathstrike is such a you know, for lack of a less obvious word, striking visual character in the mm. comics. Not striking with a, a Y. Yeah. <laughs> Then this to just make a Kelly you in a leather cat suit like the X Men yeah. is sort of like oh, oh I think I think some of the 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 action the fight between her and Wolverine in the in the Adamantium Forge is still pretty cool. I like the sort of really grim way Gruesome. that she eventually gets taken out, which is and the fact like, that Logan oh. he immediately looks like he regrets it because oh yeah throughout the movie yeah, yeah. Strikers using this sort of like chemical compound to uh, essentially put each of the mutants that he interrogates or manipulates yeah. into sort of like a like a trance state briefly. It which sort is, of like which, makes them which compliant. Which implies so. to be some sort of like core like cortical cortical fluid that is extracted from his own son. Yeah. Or something yeah. that is manufactured from like his own son's spinal fluid or some shit like that. Yeah. It's, that it's, sort of, him... it's sort of it, mutant truth serum, effectively, because yeah. he uses it to get Magneto to fess up. He uses it to make Nightcrawler an assassin. Yeah, he um, keeps uh, Deathstrike under control with it. 
Yeah, oh, well, that's the thing. Yeah, we know he keeps Deathstroke under control, and you can that I hadn't noticed it till this viewing when Logan stabs her with the adamantium pipe, and and it fills her with adamantium, and then it cools down, and she essentially freezes in place, and then drops yeah. like a rock into the thing. You see her eyes, which have always looked kind of funky, like fade into her normal eyes. Yeah, and you see him go, "Fuck!" Like he's he's just killed somebody, so he can live and finish the mission and yeah. save the day. But somebody who, the moment like she started to die, it's like the chemical wore off and she woke up for a second. And that's and that's a died. very Wolverine and that's really thing horrible. As well. It's that's a very a, Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, Wolverine does kill, but he doesn't. Yeah. Li- he does, and he's very good at it. Yeah, and if you're he an absolute bad like guy, it. if you're an absolute bad guy, he will take pleasure in putting you in your place. But he doesn't. He, yeah, he doesn't want to kill everybody. That's no. not what he wants to do. Because he's like, because he's. He realizes that that feeds the animal inside, which he doesn't yeah. want to do. And so. also here, he's just killed a mirror version of himself. Effectively, yeah. it's like that's what Striker wanted me to be. Yeah, uh, you know, it's yeah. There's there's some great stuff in here, but it's it's all done with through the actors. Yeah, um, not through necessarily the direction of of the set pieces or or the script. Um, we get a few more mutant cameos. We get our second appearance of Kitty Pride, played by another actor. Yeah. Um. But used really well. And if we were never going to get Kitty Pride as a main character in the movies, it'd be cool to be like, yeah, but she's in that bit in X2 where she's like escaping the guards and going to, to the fair, walls. To be fair, I would have preferred it if we didn't get Kitty Pride in the movies. As much as I like Ellen Page, I would have preferred it if we didn't get her Because they, do, they, do they yeah. don't do her justice. Um, um, we get Colossus briefly in a cameo that gets bigger in the next one. Yeah. Um, and he, apparently he was asked back for Deadpool. Yeah, you were saying that the day he was asked he, back, but... They said he was going to be. He was going to be yeah. as the performance capture for, and he would Colossus. have been dubbed over. Yeah, which he didn't. So want it's that to thing do. of we we want to ask the guy who's played him before to be him, but it it's our version of him, so he's just going to be but, the physical performer. It's like again, to be fair, like his version of Colossus was so bland, probably again because of the script, but it was so do- devoid of anything approaching flavor. And also one no of the many, really. one of the many now just purely American versions of the characters, because Halle Berry goes from having an African accent in the first one to being American in this. Well, say an African accent, a sort of hint of something that isn't American. Hinder, yeah. Um, um, Colossus is just American in yeah. this. <laughs> like, yeah. there, he's just American. Um, Rogue's accent softens in this. Anna Paquin doesn't put the the Texas twang on anywhere near as much in this one. It's, no. it's a much softer accent, and it's almost completely gone by the third one. Which is a shame because I really like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't know. It's I, it's it's kind of goofy yeah. in the first one, but I think it just adds to the sort of comic booky charm of it that she's got this really goofy southern accent. Um, uh, there's the there's some other highlights in the film like the uh, pyro. I think is quite good. Is used quite well in yeah. this film. Don't particularly like the actor. But that used the character well. Yeah, I think he's, a bit he's, a, he's, he's just a bit of a whiny shit, isn't he? Yeah, but it, that that's kind of works because yeah. by the time he goes with Magneto, you're like, of course that little bastard's gone with the bad guys. Of he's course a, he has. He's a greasy little incel who wears has. sandals and popper pants. <laughs> um, the, the the where Rogue out. grabs his ankle to sit his powers. He's wearing fucking the popper pants yeah. and he's got them open and it's fucking. Oh, uh. yeah. Mind you, I guess um, he, be glad he was. Be glad he was, so she could take his powers. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, true. Um, we, uh, we, you know, that was originally at... originally that scene was supposed to the fire was supposed to end by storm coming up and putting him out with rain. But oh, so once again they 
decided to not use Storm. But well, apparently they, they <laughs> have her to, there, but not do anything. They uh, they were worried about the budget constraints, so they just had Rogue take his powers and put the fires out. Uh, I guess it's slightly less money spent if you're just CGIing the flames disappearing. Yeah. And... Or just turn the yeah. gas off to the flame jets. Yeah, that too. That are on set. Um, speaking of that scene we get the uh, Bobby coming out to his parents sequence which is again like touches on on the discrimination angle and, and how they're playing mutant dumb and really hammers home that the angle singer and, and the writers were coming from was very much like uh, homophobic discrimination like, have you tried where they were coming not from. being a mutant not being a mutant <laughs> um, bonus points for kitty cats uh, little yeah. kitty cat licking claws and then licking yeah, iced teeth that's very good it's freaking cute. And I do love the fact that Logan just like opens a beer and then Bobby's parents and brother come yeah, home and their first reaction isn't, who the hell are you? It's, what are you doing in our house? It's like, I'd be pissed. I'd be really pissed off. I'd be angry. Yeah, like, but what they're, the hell? you know, they seem a bit milk toast, don't they? A bit. Yeah. Uh, Professor bit. Logan. What, what exactly are you a professor of, Mr. Logan? Art. Art. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which I can believe. Is this is... This is the best Jackman looks in this trilogy. Yeah, in terms of, yeah. Like finding cool the balance of bringing Wolverine well, this into is, live action. This is the movie that that popularized the vest look for Wolverine. Yeah, this the is, huge it's, it's jacked here. man look. The huge jacked man <laughs> with the white with the the white vest, um, and the cigar. Very good, very good look. Um. And the turnaround, the, the the plan turnaround as well is really nice. The way Magneto and Mystique co-opt yep. um, Striker's plan to make Xavier kill all mutants. And they're like, change it to humans. Bye, motherfuckers. Mystique and off getting they go. loads to do. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, I yeah, love the Mystique in this. She's getting to scroll through a computer full of a yep. boatload of uh, Easter egg names of different mutants. Just well, you know, so everyone actually, goes, eh. <laughs> actually doing They mentioned like- Gambit on the screen. Cena doing some espionage and infiltration. All um, on her own back as well. Yeah. Like, get all it. on her own back. She's. It, they don't establish that Magneto was like, come and get me out when you can. It's, yeah. She's gone, no, we need Eric. Like, I need Eric out here now. Yeah. Um, which I, I imagine it's, that's the thing she's been planning well for a while, the, but just... Yeah. Been, hasn't I mean, hasn't been able to... It, it's capitalised quite well in this and the next one that she is like... Eric is her is her dad, is her husband, is her lover, is her mentor, is like like she yeah. and he are an entity that is completely inseparable because he believes so much in her and she believes so much in what he wants to do. Yeah. She's that, a true like, believer. She, she's not she's not in this for power. She believes in the cause. Yeah, and it, it's like when you see them in the jet and they're joking about Rogue and that it's proper giggly little... It's it's sort of fun to see her have these weird... They're like the naughty kids at the back of the bus. I love it. Yeah. It's yeah, really it's, good. It's like, oh my God, you two are ride or die, which is why yeah. I think one of the few bits that does hit quite well in the third one hits so well is because of the work done in this movie. Oh yeah, to show absolutely. That, oh yeah, no, fuck Toad and Sabretooth. These two, these two are ride or die. Yeah. And 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 oh god. Can we talk before we move on to X3 about uh the what the fuck scene in this movie which it it took me to this viewing to realize how bad it is actually. It's the tent scene. Mm. Which lasts all of maybe 50 seconds. So mm. Logan and Jean have a chat and I th- I think they they kiss and then she's like no, I can't do yeah, this they, they and do I'm there kiss. watching it I'm there watching it going 
No, but seriously, why is Logan Jean Scott a thing in these movies aside from it's been a thing in other media? Yeah. Like, they why don't work to it. They're trying to keep the. Because X Men is ultimately at its best when it's a soap opera. And, like, yeah. they don't. They, they don't put the work in to make it a soap opera. Well, it's it's why I've always thought that X-Men as a fran- would work better as a series rather oh, than yeah, a as movie an franchise. Oh, yeah, as an ongoing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it's just sort of... It, they, they're like, oh, well, we want to honour that, so we'll have the love triangle. But they don't put any work into explaining why that love triangle exists or even what... Like, based on what they give you, Gene's a piece of shit. Mm. <laughs> Who just randomly wants to snog the handsome guy for no reason. And Logan's a piece of shit for just being like, yeah, she's going to get with me because I'm the handsome guy. She and wants some extent of the story. Yeah. Whereas we're seeing, like, they don't show that she and Scott are, uh, have a tension or have fallen apart or drifted apart at all. No. Nope. So her just suddenly being like, oh, God, I want to get me some of that hairy Canadian peen. It's just out of nowhere. It's really weird. So then Mystique sees this happen and has a very brief conversation with Nightcrawler as the film's way of just going, look, we're not going to do the comic book versions, guys, but look, they had a conversation. Can we move on? All right, here we go. Like, this does, that feels like the only reason why that moment happens. Yeah. Um, also to acknowledge that, like, he, you know, oh, like, why would you not stay in disguise all the time? I shouldn't have to. She's got a good point. Builds up her character, makes it even more hilarious that earlier on in the movie, the first time we see Nightcrawler, he's wearing a shitload of makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which you then only you don't see him wipe off, but during the teleporting in the White House, you just see bits of it on his chin that he's not yeah. wiped off yet. Well, it, it's um, it's one of those he has to he's he's infiltrating. He has to be disguised for that bit. Yeah, so. I mean, he's put makeup on his face. He's still got blue hands and a tail. Yeah, <laughs> but sure, he's hiding the um, tail under a coat. He's yeah, a massive coat, a big old coat. But um, and then Wolverine goes to bed in the tent because they all sort of set, set up camp, which is great because you see some of them are on the jet and some of them camp out. Yeah, but also the the, the idea that they've got all this survival gear in the jet, which is neat. Yeah, it's like no one's just like, not? oh, get all the campy bits from the jet, and we're just like, no, it's just there because of course they have that stuff. They're a they're a team. Military they go on missions. <laughs> they have this stuff. In ca- of course, it makes sense. Yeah. And then Gene slithers into his tent. Slithers! <laughs> and starts making out with him. And at this point, Wolverine, like, again, it's all through you, Jackman. The story didn't give us anything. The editing didn't give us anything. It's all through you, Jackman. You see that he's a bit like, look, yeah, maybe I'm in the wrong. Like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have. Because he's reluctant when yep. she starts. And then he gets into it. He's like, all right, I guess we're doing this. And then he feels the scars on her tummy and realizes it's Mystique. Which is weird, because... During the last one. Surely, Jean as a shapeshifter, she'd be able to... But I think I think that's Mystique doing it on purpose, because this scene makes no fucking uh, okay. sense any way you look at it. Because then he pulls away, and she's like, uh, what's it? Like, like you left a scar, like, burns whatever more than most or some shit. Yeah. And then, then he says, like, I don't want this. And she says, what do you want? And she transforms into Storm and then into Rogue, mm. which he reacts to, and then back into Jean, and he pushes her away, and she turns into herself, and he goes, what do you really want, as she turns into Striker? And then he says, get out, and she turns back into herself and leaves. And that's the scene. What they think they're saying with this scene is, 
you don't know why you're doing this. Are you motivated by love? Are you motivated by revenge? What that says is nothing. It says nothing. <laughs> it has no point. But what it comes across as is, do you want to fuck your underage Texas girlfriend? Like little, little, little rogue? Do you want to fuck her? No? Yeah. How about this man in a suit who put metal inside you? You want to fuck it's him? It's weird. It's, it's weird. It's weird. It's really weird. If you look at it as Mystique trying to sort of get in there to deliver this message of what do you really want to him? It's like, she's got a weird way about it. Also, why does she care? Why does she care about Logan at all? I Why is she it's... trying to frazzle him before the assault? That doesn't make any sense. And if you look at it more as, oh no, she was just trying to get off with him. So Mystique was trying to rape Wolverine? Yeah, probably. What is this? I, I feel I I feel like it was like a bit of trying to get into, into his skin and a sort of stab to get him on side. But then she doesn't... They don't follow up on that. There's no sort of moment during the Sting operation to, to get into Alkali Lake where she's sort of like... It would make narrative sense if then he and her were in a situation where he could get his revenge or save the day and take care of his friends. And she's there for that moment. Do you know what I mean? And it's a real kind of what's more important. They don't, they don't like, because he has that moment. He has that moment kind of when he finds Stryker strung up and he's got the, the kid mutant in his arms and Stryker's like, you come with me. I'll tell you everything you've ever wanted to know about the past. You don't remember. Or you can go with that creature in your arms and, you know, be forever ignorant. Yeah. If Mystique was present for that moment, the tent scene would make sense as as a, I, as a narrative through line. Because you'd be like, oh yeah, she, she, she's the physical embodiment of like the choice he has to make. She's the devil on his shoulder. It wouldn't surprise me if that was originally a idea that they then dropped. Because I... In, in all three of these films, more in the, in the third and the first, I think, but in all three of these films, there are moments where they've got stuff that was clearly part of another plot line that was either yeah. dropped in the edit or dropped during filming, and they don't. Then they shot don't this drop stuff. this scene because it's the scene where they got all of their uh, their lead actresses to like do this yeah. little bit, and they're like, "We don't want to drop it. We've put the work in, and it's a cool scene, but it's like yeah. without the other the other part, like to it in the story, ongoing story, it makes no sense, and it's just." But I think that's a, fairly, that's a fairly common thing in all three of these films. You see scenes like that, which kind of feel like they're from a storyline that was dropped or from a subplot that was dropped. And also that random cutaway reaction shot of his face when she turns into Rogue. And it's just a cutaway, like two second shot of him going like, huh, like that. You know that was in pickups and reshoots. You know that they watched it in the edit and they went it's like, oh, hang on, Rogue's like 16, isn't she? Maybe we should... Maybe we should get a shot of him looking disgusted. Uh, yeah, and also she's like his surrogate daughter, so maybe we shouldn't, yeah. It's it's weird. It's a weird scene. Yeah. I remember when I was I, younger, I was like, oh, Mystique's messing with him. And now I'm older, I'm like, no, what is its purpose? What is the point? Mm. And also, isn't it fucking weird? They clearly forgot until afterwards that maybe he shouldn't be sexually attracted to Rogue. Considering this movie also really reveals that Logan's probably 70 or 80. Like, yeah. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. It's uh, I don't know. Well, they but they, they imply that in the first film. Yeah, it's like he could be as old as you, Professor. To which I always wanted him to turn around and say, "You fucking what, mate?" No, oh, she, 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 he may very well be older than you, Professor. Older than and the yeah, delivery like, oh, on it's oh, what just you trying weird. To say? <laughs> yeah, it's almost like it. It's it, I think it like it was written as a as a as a gag, but not yeah, delivered. But it's not like delivered one. as one. Yeah. Which, Speaking uh, of of things that feel like they must be a big joke because it's the only way to cope with it existing. 
X-Men The Last Stand comes out in 2006. After uh, an incredibly is... troubled production. Yeah. Bri- it is Brian the Singer conclusion leaves... to this trilogy. Yeah. And I think they were planning it to be the last one, but like you said, behind the scenes. So Ooh. what So what happened was Brian Singer uh, left during pre-production to go and do Superman Returns. Yeah. Uh, James Marsden went with him. Although I think they could have had him in both, but they sort of spitefully decided to write him out quite early on. They approached Matthew. Yeah, because he's not he's not in um, Superman Returns enough to no no justify no. how out of um, his movie he is. They like approached... he's in Superman Returns for a total of maybe twenty minutes of screen time, if that, and a yeah. two and a bit hour movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, they got Matthew Vaughn on to direct. Yeah, um, but they said you've got eighteen months. We've got a bunch of uh, conditions we want you to meet uh, while you're making it. We haven't got a finished script. And he was like, I can't finish the script in time. I don't want to be away from my family. Because I think it was after one of his kids had just been born. I don't want to be away from my family for that long. And I don't yeah. think I can do all the things you want me to do with this. I think there's too many restrictions. So they let him go. And then they got Brett Ratner in. Um, and they made they turned it around from no script to release in 18 months. And it shows. Um, part uh, what another another big problem is one of the reasons they wanted to get it done so quickly, and one of the reasons that they wanted to, uh, they had so many conditions and restrictions is they wanted to introduce more characters for more merch, but because of the yeah. rush production, they never made a merch line. Yeah. So they put a bunch of stuff in this movie to make merch out of, and then never made the merchandise. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and the thing is, it's like I even knowing that and, and not having that in my head when I was watching it of like they didn't because you mentioned this oh. the other day when we chatted about it. You were like they introduced them all for merch, so then what I watched it after we we chatted about that and I was like, do you know what? I don't think any of that, all of it would have been peg warmers because yeah. no character looks aside from Beast. Yeah, no one looks visually distinct at oh. all. Also, one more thing. Uh, about the triple production is Halle Berry had become a big star mm. uh, in between next two and this. I mean, she was already on the rise, but she became really big in between next two and this. So she was pushing for top billing. Yeah. A bigger role. Yes. She, she deserved one after all this she time. Wa- Jesus. She wanted to fly and she wanted the most money out of anyone. Okay. Right. Some of those are then, a bit shitty. Then Catwoman came out. Mm. <laughs> and uh halle berry had to come begging hat in hand to still be in the film wait they were gonna kick her out yeah i think so i think so uh well after after her demands after her demands so she made made some really i mean she definitely deserved more to do and she did get to fly yeah oh but i mean just story-wise she deserved she definitely deserved way more to do but like to be like i want top billing yeah and I want more money than it. I don't care what your biggest fee is. I want more than it. Yeah. To be like that and then to get humbled by the release of Catwoman, a terrible movie which she is terrible in. So the how much Storm oh, was going to be involved in this film was up in the air for a while as well. Um, wow. And she's she is in it more, but she's yeah. in it as in... Uh, she gets. She like, says. She says. They, more they've things. taken all. They've taken all the Wolverine <laughs> scenes and gone. Storm will also be with him and reply oh, well, to because him. again in early in development because the script was all over the place. At one point during this the, the develop the 
script for this. I think yeah. maybe even into shooting, her and Logan were supposed to be in a sexual relationship. Uh, is that because she'd worked with Hugh on Swordfish since then? So like they had a bit more chemistry. No, um, like, oh, I, screw I, it. We can do that. We could play that. I'm not sure if it's a more recent thing, but there is definitely a, not a like romance, but a friends with benefits uh, relationship between <clears throat> Storm and Wolverine in the comics at times. Yeah. Yeah. They're not like yeah, a romantic I've, I've definitely read at least one story where like it begins with them getting out of bed and being like, yeah, they're not like we a romantic. Probably go item. teach the kids now. Yeah, but they're, but they're very good friends who occasionally fuck. Yeah, I mean, hey, they teach. They are teachers. Yeah, two incredibly sexy teachers who live in a boarding school don't get much free time outside of saving the world yeah. and teaching. Let them fuck. Why not? Yeah. Um, but so yeah, it. So the basic plot of X three is. After the sacrifice, after her sacrifice to save everybody at Alkali Lake in X2, Jean Grey re-emerges and we learn that not only was her power developing, but a split personality that had been um, locked away in her head is but returning. I should uh, also point out to the growing power oh, go on. Th- that this film starts with two flashbacks, which both end very abruptly. Hmm. Oh, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. We'll get into yeah. that. But yeah, yes. Um, yeah. Um, and meanwhile, uh, the government, well, someone outside of the government, because they don't, they don't make this interesting enough for me to even freaking really remember it. But like Worthington Laboratories, Worthington Industries or whatever, who dabble in chemicals and medicines and this, that and the other, have developed outside of the government, but totally with secret government approval from some people a cure for the mutant condition which is so kind of brilliantly hypocritical because they have mm. derived it from a mutant mm-hmm. like it, it's that whole thing of like we don't need them but if we could use one to um to do this then that'd be great um who is essentially their version of leech who uh is a kid who his powers is is he's, he's is coming to them is that he suppresses the mutant gene whenever anyone's nearby. Yeah. So they are synthesizing a a chemical, a, a medicinal, um, uh, a, a concoction that will do that. And we learn by the end of the movie that it doesn't necessarily work based on how powerful the mutant in question yeah, is. Yeah. In, in the long term, it doesn't. Uh... Yeah, and we definitely know it doesn't because uh, Rogue gets the cure in this movie, and then the next time we see this version of Rogue again in Days of Future Past, she's Rogue. She's full yeah. on Rogue. So like, clearly didn't fucking work. And this movie decides to sequel bait at the very end by showing sad old man Magneto playing chess by himself, um, and the chess piece moving like the tiniest fraction before we cut to credits so it's like mm-hmm. okay so the cure doesn't work if you're like a because in this movie they established that there are like level one two and three mutants and three's like the high end um and then magneto's in like a category above that and he's one of the very few that's sort of seen as a you know really powerful mute like level one mutation is sort of a simple ability or change yeah level yeah. two is slightly slightly higher than that level three is the oh they could be a threat like it's a power it's a superpower of some kind and then you've got magneto is like oh no that that dude could change the tectonic plates if you put his mind to it yeah. <laughs> like we should probably be careful with him um uh and gene it turns out is higher than that so magneto kind of doesn't <sighs> 
he doesn't manipulate her at first. He eggs but then her he on. Does. Magneto's motivations and techniques in this movie change every fucking scene. It's Th- really this... weird. Yeah. It's, like, he it... knows by goading Jean in her childhood home again when she goes back, he knows that that's going to result in the death of Charles. And yet he's surprised by it and genuinely mourns his friend after it, despite him being absolutely the one who pulls that trigger. Well, he seems to have accepted it as a necessary sacrifice later on. Yeah, it's... I don't know. McKellen stops Magneto from being unwatchable in this because it's McKellen. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to be compelling. We have already we've already memed it in this podcast, but the whole you will not be safe, your family will not be safe, your children will not be safe is brilliant and crap at the same time, but his delivery is brilliant. So it's it's like entertaining. But Magneto, this is the first film in which I don't get Magneto's endgame outright because his he becomes a he becomes a, a he becomes a military despot. He becomes a psychotic villain in this film. Like Which is sort you, of get, you understand of him in one and two. It's but a reversal this, it's of how like, he is in the comics. Yeah, because he starts in the comics. He starts as a military despot, and then later on they introduce the Holocaust backstory. Yeah, and that makes and in it this, makes little like, sense. In this, he's like, we are all going to fight for this cause, and then in the final fight where he could probably defeat all the soldiers very quickly himself, he's like. We'll have the pawns go first. And yeah, it's weird. Sends it's weird. mutants in that he's recruited and 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 uh, radicalized. Sends them in to die. Now there are organizations here in the real world that do that, and oh, they yeah. are horrible. It's and called I think, the United I, States and UK government. <laughs> uh, I think I think this is a commentary on that, but it's forgetting that for the last two movies. That's not what he's like. No. Now I get I get that he's pushed to an extreme. He sees that they've developed a so-called cure and he's like they want to use it and they want to they want to nerf you all. They want to stop your rightful ascension to being the higher race on this planet. So we have to turn it against him. But like M- Mystique gets shot with the cure saving his life and he's grateful for that and then abandons it cuz he's like you're not one of us anymore. And it's like I'm sorry. I get what you're going for here, mm. but you just spent an entire movie prior to this showing that you two are ride or die. This Magneto from the first two movies would be in this situation and have conflicting feelings about it. I think that, I think McKellen plays it like he's got conflicting feelings, but there's nothing he in does. the script to sort he of anchor it. Yeah, again, yeah. the actors carry can the weight see, of You can this. see him doing it, but I think for some people who don't respond... To, uh, and again, same that, with Rebecca Romain, who at this so, point is Rebecca Romain. Like, she yeah. also is playing it that way, too. Like, she can't fucking believe that he's about to leave her mm. uh, after everything they've done, after everything she's done. Um, and it's kind of like, it's kind of cool that she's the one who fucks him over afterwards by giving away his hideout locations. Yeah. But I would have maybe liked more to her story. Like, after maybe she's a scene left. of that. Like, yeah, instead of just the president going, hell hath no fury like a woman's score. This, like, this happens a couple of times with a few characters in this film where they just sort of disappear from the story for a while and then come back without any uh, sort of checking on them in the meantime and something Rogue. really important has just happened. It happens with Rogue, where she just the most, the, the most disappears Rogue from the film. 
the most Anna Paquin gets to do is look out of windows at, yeah. at Bobby and Kitty talking to each other and being like, yeah. oh, I, I, you're like we, we, we don't get the emphasis on, like I said, if you just skip from the first film to this one, I would get why Rogue would be like, mm. they can take away this thing for this, because she sees her power in the first film as a curse, as a burden. In the second film, we don't really learn anything about how she but feels about power But you could do some anymore. interesting character stuff with like her talking to other mutants who want the cure, uh, like yeah. sort of sharing their experiences, like sort of us getting to see the effect that the cure is having on mutants outside mm. of the X-Men. Yeah. But we don't get it. She just turns up at the end and she's taken the cure. And, and which, it's meant to be Which like again a... was up in the air during production. They filmed oh, both geez. versions of it. I would have preferred she not take it because that would be a bolder statement. I, I believe the anecdote, whether this is true or not, is that they took a poll on set over which version to use. Oh, Jesus. So they, in the end, she takes both. it because of the because of the narrative the film gives us. She takes it not to live a normal life, per se. She talks about that a bit, but they don't show in the movie yeah. the difficulties of her power in her day to day. She takes it because she wants to snog Bobby before Bobby snogs Kitty. Yeah. Which is really shallow. And really Kitty, who was, who's come out of nowhere and doesn't yeah, well, really yeah, get well, much yeah, development. Yeah, sort and... of. She's been here before, but this is your new Kitty and she's got lines now. Yeah. And she says stuff. But... And she's just here. And I don't, again, I, I think that um, Sean Ashmore and Ellen Page play the skating scene, like the scene where yeah. he's trying to cheer her up. They don't play that grotesquely like kind of like oh maybe they're gonna they play it brilliantly innocently which could really obviously the teenage burgeonings of like oh oh affection for another human being of a of a gender i'm attracted to mm. this is interesting but they don't play it as like these two are definitely gonna get together behind marie's back they don't play it that way no which is, makes her paranoia even... Like, I think maybe it's just because I'm done with that trope in teen movies. I'm so bored of it as a storyline. Maybe. Like, oh, for Christ's sake. I mean, but like, I mean, if there's one scene that it fits in, it's X-Men. Yeah. But again, it's also that thing of they don't build to it. Yeah. They, they're no, like, I, we I need think, the soap opera element, I think, but we're not um, going to work for it. The, Same with the, problem, the Gene and Logan stuff in this. One of the problems that I have with this film is that so much happens so quickly, but none of it lands. None of it has mm. enough weight to it. Yeah, it's just it just it's just things that are happening. And yeah, you can say, oh well, all plots are things that just happen. Yeah, but they've got to have <laughs> some sort of emotional resonance with you, and the characters are so bland in this, and so everyone sort of is everyone sort of devoid of any. Famke Jansen is trying her hardest, yeah, to make this gene who is fighting with another voice in her head and like a power that she she wants to connect with, but she doesn't know whether or not it's right because her mentor has essentially mm. manipulated her for all these years. Like, you know, it, it's she's got a lot to deal with. The script doesn't give her that. No. Like, it's the, all down to Famke to try and make it interesting. The characters are so poorly defined. Uh, apparently, yeah. th this got cut to the bone. Uh, Vinnie mm. Jones has been out there saying that his... Juggernaut. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. His, ju his juggernaut was written as more than like dumb muscle. Like he actually had a bit more character to them, but they cut everything. Um, it's you get a terrible a sense design. Of it in his first also. lines, where he's like, "You're gonna get me out of this thing. I really need to pee." Like it's sort of, it's yeah. refreshing. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like he's a bit, of, you know, you get a bit of character in that one line. Yeah. You're like, Appar right. apparently there and was quite a bit more, it. but they cut they it right back. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, he barely speaks after that until that yeah. scene. 
Yeah, again, like, it's, he, he's just yeah. he's just there. Uh, the juggernaut <laughs> bitch moment is awful. Um, yeah. The danger room sequence is visually nice, but character wise I just I don't like Logan's disaffectation it yeah, doesn't sit weird. right um but I get it if he was because they then say that he's a supply teacher yeah but but you know so you could kind of have some comedy with that of Logan has finally been put in a position of authority as a teacher and he doesn't really know how to take it seriously and and that this movie that could be his arc this film like his storyline is wrapped up as of number two his like I want to find out who I am and where I came from that's wrapped up at the end of number two. He's like, doesn't matter. I'm yeah. here for these kids. So in this movie, give Logan the arc of like, no, but what does it really mean to take on that responsibility? Like, you, you, you've not thought this through. And and it, him and Storm could be about like, yeah, you know, the kids are learning to be, you know, better students and better people. And the exact same thing could be parallel going on with Logan yeah. and Storm, like Storm, holding his hand. Storm teaching him how to be a teacher. That could be an interesting character act for both of them. But, but instead, the movie's like, no, we have to be a Dark Phoenix film. So yeah, that has this, to intrude on this, any development. This film isn't interested in narrative and story. It's interested in plot. And yeah. plot happening. Yeah. Like, things happen, but they don't... It might as well be a slideshow of like still images for all that it matters for all the emotional connection I have to it. Um, and that's someone who really likes these characters conceptually. Yeah. Um, your character development will not be safe. Your narrative arcs will not be safe. It's just, it's just, <laughs> and you know, when you look at the trouble production of it, there was so much that was scripted and dropped, stuff that was dropped mm. during filming. Like Gambit was supposed to be in this and it was supposed to be like a love quadrangle. Between Kitty Gambit, uh, Bobby, and and Rogue, whether for better or worse. Um, oh, so he would have been a student, presumably. Then he would have been a another kid at the yeah. school. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm glad they didn't introduce him because, like, they'd already done sort of the the bad boy student in Pyro, who again is sort of like I think Pyro's used well in this. Again, he's just he's, yeah, he's a dickhead, and he's Magneto's kept him because it's that kind of thing of. <laughs> I radicalized one of Charles's students. <laughs> he's just a, he's just a <laughs> greasy little <laughs> shit, though, he's isn't so, he? He's, he's sort of he, he's a petty trophy for Eric. Like that's what he is. Yeah, he's just but he's also better. he also is quite destructive. So it's like you can see why he's kept him around. Like we get a if you're not gonna have Sabretooth at your right hand side yeah. anymore, have the dude who can control flames. Like we get fair a, enough. We do get a couple of fire and ice showdowns between him and Bobby, and we finally get full iced up Iceman. But like many yeah. of the visuals in this film, it looks shit. Yeah. Like oh, God, the, yeah. I, I mean, I know that this movie is what, 13, 14 years old, but it's not that the effects haven't aged well, it's the effects never looked good in the first place. Because I remember this coming out and being like, this looks awful. The, the visual um, effects are the shit ones. The practical effects look so much better in this. Yes, yeah, the the uh, angel Kelsey, wings. Kelsey when you Grammer. see those things in shot, they look fantastic. Kelsey Grammer's Kelsey entire Grammer. makeup is fucking. Beast. He's great in this. Yes, he's like the best thing about the film. Like whenever like, Kelsey Grammer's on we've screen, like McCoy. boom. Yeah, we've taken McCoy. He's not a mad scientist. He's not a mad scientist member of the X Men. He's a politician. Yeah. He's there for mutant rights, and it also is suggesting that the Xavier School isn't as recent as Rogue joining. Like this has this has indeed been going yeah. on for decades. Hank is one of the first people 
to either yep. graduate or teach at this school. And it's Maybe like... Maybe both. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. That's kind of um, cool. It's world building. It's like, oh yeah, this shit's been going on for ages. And it really kind of aids the fact that our Magneto and our Xavier are older men. Like... In the comics, they're always kind of putting that weird thing of, oh yeah, they're old men, but I mean, he's buff as fuck, and yeah, we always draw we always draw Xavier looking a bit younger. I mean, and younger to be fair, Magneto and... has been de-aged, re-aged, cloned, killed multiple times, <laughs> and so is Xavier. So who fucking knows at this point? And in current but, X Men but... comics, there's no such thing as death for them. So. But like when you have a Magneto who, you know, and I, I say this with all due respect to the wonderfully McKellen, when you have a Magneto who's got turkey neck, like you need to establish that maybe these dudes mm. have been around for a very long time. Mm. And like you can take advantage of that and go, yeah, Hank McCoy used to be yeah. a pupil at this school. Like, and now look at him. He's clearly in like his 50s. He's on the, he's on the US Senate for as a mutant representative. Like. He's been in politics for the last 20 years. And has he been can try, still fucking throw down, though. And he'll still throw... I love that. There comes a time when... Oh, you get the point! Like, Kelsey Grammer's having a ball in this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he looks it, it, great. And, it, and it's so upsetting that this is the best Beast ever looks in a movie. Yeah. When technology advances in the, the future yeah, appearances of the character. I do not character. care for the Nicholas Holt Beast. On every iteration of how he looks, like everyone, yeah. I'm not just talking about big old kitty cat one, like because that was to reflect the comics at the time, wasn't it? And it just doesn't quite work. But yeah, yeah, no, Beast looks great in this. His practical makeup, Colossus looks all right in this. Like they've kind of nailed the 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 metal effect a little bit more. I, and I, think, it's, moment... I think it's a bit too floaty and shiny for me. Oh, true, but like it, they they're consistent with it, is what I mean. Yeah. Like throughout the whole film, they're like, no, this is how he looks. It doesn't look like the effect. Doesn't like the effect is aged. It looks like you said it That's was already really, bad, but they stick really... to it. There's a really nice moment in the danger room sequence where like the rubble's flying at him, uh, flying at Rogue. So Colossus runs over and places his fingers on her forehead. Yeah, and she so turns metal. Did, yeah, which is like that's. That's Oh, that's a good use that's of the neat. powers. That's really good, and it's kind of the only time Rogue uses her fucking powers in this yeah. movie. It's really weird that she like doesn't whip him out again, does she? Like ever. In this film, oh, no, no, so she's scared make, of him. Make a, that's the thing. Make a point of like, oh, she's she wants to like you know be quote unquote normal, but you don't show her life being mm. screwed over by them in this movie. By showing it, you you just rely on your viewer to apparently know one of the that that's the case. It's weird. One of the odd I things sequel, I noticed in but this. you should always treat your sequels like Stanley always said about comics. Every comic is someone's first. Yeah, that's why there's a recap page. That's why you should always write it with the knowledge that maybe someone picked this up during. Let's not spell everything out, but let's at least know that some of our readers may have just picked up this issue and you want them to go, oh, I get it. Oh, context, I get it. context, context. Yeah, and this film sort of like just hopes that you remember the previous two movies to fill yeah. in some gaps. It's yeah, it's weird. Or uh, um, sort of hopes that you don't remember the previous two movies to sort of explain some character inconsistencies. Um, Should we talk about uh, new mutants introduced into this movie who are kind of wasted or thrown away? Multiple not even named. In some cases, he, he's 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 utilized well, but it's kind once. of a waste of an interesting character. Yeah, he's utilized um, once. Yeah, uh, uh, freaking Psylocke appears in the church, and then you see her a couple of times in crowd shots. She's got purple hair and looks worried. 
that's her entire contribution that's, that's to the it. movie. That's it. Uh, you have a version of Marrow, kind of, based off of... What's the dude who was in X-Men Evolution? Spike. Spike. So you kind of have Spike yeah. in the movie. Um, then you've got a lady who's super fast. Is she named? Like Not that I remember. Not on screen. And then her friend is... Because that's the thing, her friend's got a tattoo over her eye. See who they're that kind of look That kind of looks like Psylocke's like, face marking. Just not coloured in. Uh, and they I even make a point where Magneto rocks up, they're like, where's your mark? One of them is supposed like, is that to a be... Thing? Is that what mutants do now? They get tattoos to show they're a mutant? And Magneto's like, hey, look, motherfucker, here's my branding from Auschwitz. Like, piss off. I'm not one of them again. One of them's supposed to be Callisto. Really? According to the cast list on IMDb, one of them is supposed to be Callisto. Arclight, I think, is the is fast one. Is she meant one. to be the one who, yeah, who reads... Like, she, she's essentially Cerebro in this movie. Like, yeah. Like, yes, I sense a mutant. It's like, okay. Oh, Ken yeah. Leung, the, 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 the porcupine guy, is supposed to be Kid Omega. What? Really? That is... Who's, what, which mutant is um, dude who sprouts poisonous bone chunks from his body uh, that he then pulls off and leaves holes in himself meant to be? Because that's like... The guy who gets an extended fight with Wolverine in the forest. Oh, that's Spike. Like, that's Spike. That's Spike. Oh, that's meant to be Spike. Yeah. The one who Wolverine guts. Yeah. Even though at the time he was a fan favourite character in a very well done animated series. Yeah. I think they nailed put... the soap opera and teenage aspects of this world way better than these movies ever did. I think they just put random names on these characters without any sort of. Ali Ermi does a drill sergeant voice. Yes, you never I remember see him that. On screen. It was really confusing. I, I, I listened to him like that's Ali Ermi, but he just does voiceover. It's weird. It's like suddenly it's Full Metal so Jacket odd. Toy Story takes over, and you're like, yeah. "What is happening? Who's um, saying these lines? We want my out the cure. We will do that." I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" It's, it's weird. It's, it's, it's so weird. Yeah, it's a mess. Oh god. Um, is there any? Are there any great things in this? Are there any things that are like? Oh, that's kind of cool. The, the visual um, effects of Xavier being ripped to shreds in the telekinetic storm in the yeah, house that's cool. looks good. That's neat. But it feels really weird because Xavier. I mean, it's very true to comics, I guess. But Xavier goes out with us going. So he was a prick then. Yep. Oh. Okay. Which yep. is weird because I think I think the movies need to pick one. And I say, I say this going forward as well with what the MCU do. They need to pick one. Is he? I, I like the is idea. He mute, is he mutant Dumbledore, or is he Machiavellian? Um, you know, like manipulating little motherfucker who appears to be the good guy. Like you need to pick one. I think yeah. going forward because I don't want that story to be the focus of another X Men story now. I want any ongoing adaptations to focus on mutant characters who deserve to have their stories told and who haven't had a chance, i.e. your Storms, your Kitty Prides. Yeah. Like, focus on them now. Um, give us give us a, a story where Scott is one of the main characters and is an actual character. Like, yeah. that would be Doesn't nice. Doesn't just get killed off straight away for no reason. Or, um, or his entire uh, contribution to the movie summed up in the fact that he says, um, get the fuck away from her. Like, but again, we'll go into that later. Hey, it. Um, um, so, because yeah, this is the thing, because they kill off Scott, and the sort of the relationship between Gene and and Wolf and Logan is so sort of perfunctory. Mm. Him killing her has no. I love you. Sort of depth. Do you? No, but you, no. Do you? I mean, do you? Like, even in two two other films, and this, like, 
But also, really? he's, on, he's only known Gene for about a month. He's only actually um, known her for about a month. The events of X-Men take place over the course of a week. The events of X2, which is when he first comes back from being away, take place over a weekend, and like she's mostly in Germany for that. I think this definitely. It's really weird. It's 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 assuming that you as a viewer are like, oh yeah, Logan and Phoenix, yeah. It's like, yeah, but look at the three movies back to back, like we've done this week. They've known each other for about a week, total time. It's like, where is this grand sort of like? Look, this is where we first met, but the other way around. Why are you reminiscing about this like it's some fond memory? It happened like a fucking month ago. What? Yeah, it's weird. But it must be longer though, because the kids have grown. Think about how long he's known her. Oh no, in terms of like since she died, sure. But like in terms of like their relationship, you see it all on film. I think there's supposed to be a bigger gap between the first and second films. Yeah, and he's away. He's not at the mansion. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's, they it know each makes other no for like fucking a sense. Week and suddenly she's the love of his life. And he will carry... Again, we'll talk about it later. And he will carry that like pining for his love into another movie and it will make it's no sense. It's not good though, is it? It's weird. It makes him seem really fucking... Like, just petty. Like, it makes it seem like Logan's entire romantic... Like, idea of romantic relationships and, and getting to know a human being is just based on whether or not they make his dick hard, and that's it. And it's like, okay. And same with Jean. It makes it look like her entire romantic sort of uh, development is just, oh, he makes me... He, he gives me a whap. I guess I better get that mock it, uh, uh, mop and bucket, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, are we current? Are we current now? Are we current? Because we referenced we've, whap. We've never been current. Okay. I just we've gotta make never sure. been current. I've just got to make sure that we mention it at least once so that we get the algorithm, right? That's how it works, right? <laughs> but, um, but do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's, it's, uh, I just, the, the X-Men The Last Stand is a movie you come out of going, yeah, it's all right, I guess. And then the more you think about it, the more you go, actually, no, it's, it is shit. Hmm. But it's not, it's not, a, I think the biggest, the biggest crime is it's not abysmal. And I know that's a weird thing to say as a, as a downside. It's it's bad yeah. that it's not worse. But if it was worse, we'd at least kind of have a Ro- Batman and Robin kind of feeling for the whole mediocre thing. It's mediocre at best, and it doesn't have the good grace to be fun about it. Yeah, we've we've said this before. The worst a movie can be is boring. And I think to and the... this movie skirts around boring quite closely. It's not good, and it's not bad. No. Like it's in that middle ground. I I, I think this is it. I think. None of this original trilogy of X-Men films are particularly fun. But um, X-Men and X-Men 2 at least are interesting. Whereas X3 yeah. is is boring. It's, it's, yeah. it's boring. Because, it take, yeah, there's lots of stuff. There's lots of, of the stuff most, happening. Like, yeah. But none of it matters. None of it's in, interesting. Including one of the most iconic storylines in X-Men yeah. and in, in 70s comics. And, and it, it fluffs it. And yeah. Kin- is Kinberg credited as one of the writers for this this is kimberg and zach penn so simon kimberg clearly has a lot of love and affection for the dark phoenix saga but based on what we know going forward and his contribution to the script of this it's probably all he's read (laughs) yeah he probably read it when it came out yeah and hasn't revisited it to remember why no it's great because this takes a really cool idea tries to find a way to early 
2000s superhero movie truncate it but kind of fluffs it anyway but then, and then he also, gets a shot to do it again later also and next fluffs to cure, it again also next to cure storyline from joss whedon's astonishing x-men run yeah yeah and, and kind which, of, which which then was only no a couple of years old like yeah, at and the then end, it's just oh i guess there's no cure now yeah it's like, what? And, but, it, but it doesn't really do explore the sort of ramifications of that. It doesn't also we do... don't get a villain with weird like little whiskers coming out of his face like we no, do in that. No, no <laughs> weird alien villains from um, yeah. what's it called? Uh, uh, Fucked up whisker boys. What's the planet called that it's from? It's something really stupid. It's like blood uh, world or something stupid like that. I fired Charisma Carpenter for being pregnant here. Probably. Oh yeah, yeah, that was it. That was it. Joss Whedon. Doesn't it problem. suck when people who write really good fave. stuff or um, things you like to that to be absolute fucking monsters? It sucks so hard. Yeah. Um. But yeah, X three is just it's messy and it looks cheap because it was rushed. Uh, mm. There's like it's, it's basic things like there's some really dodgy green screen in there, particularly like when you cut into things like reaction shots during the bridge sequence. And stuff like that. These really, really odd moments. Yeah, um, just that entire sequence. Just like the editing is mean, choppy. Th- there's one like, charming moment in that entire scene. It's when like they're walking past the cars on the bridge. That Magneto just looks at that woman who's panicking. Yeah, she, she locks, does the lock. Yeah, she locks her car, and he just sort of smirks slightly and keeps walking. It's like that's a nice moment. Yeah, but, but also you spent this lost. whole film telling us that Magneto would kill her without a second's thought. So. Yeah. It's lost in mediocre Ooh. crap, really. Yeah. Uh, it, the editing's choppy. It's things like the fir- the first two opening um, scenes, the first two opening flashbacks just end really abruptly. Uh, particularly the Gene one, where mm. just like he says a sentence and it immediately cuts to the Warren Worthington flashback. Um, Angel is completely wasted. Oh um, yeah, I feel really <laughs> bad for that actor. Like, I feel really oh, bad for that actor. Oh, uh, it looks great. Ben Foster looks yeah, great. Yeah, but it's like when he but, when he comes off of the when he comes off of the stretcher and he stands forward and you see for the first time adult Warren Worthington and his wings spread out. Yeah, he looks incredible. It looks incredible, except his direction is odd because he gets off yeah. the stretcher and immediately takes hero pose. Yeah, you're like yep. what's happening? What is and then, this? And then, yeah, the practical effects of the wings spreading looks fucking amazing. Yeah, and, and and the then, opening bit where where he's cutting them off as a kid is like that's interesting. Where are we gonna go with this? We're going to go don't. nowhere because yeah. all that happens with him after that is he turns up in the middle of a meeting that the faculty are having at the Xavier School and he's like, uh, 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 the faculty and Bobby and, and Kit, and he's like, don't worry that Xavier's dead. I'll, I'll fund it. I'll fund yeah. the school. And then he turns up and, and I'll, I'll also hook you. I'll also hook you guys up with uh, a, a funeral director who makes like some sick-ass big decorative tombstones and we'll get really into quickly. you like super quick. Yeah, like, like the fucking <laughs> bust of uh, like profile of Fresh Xavier on this fucking cab tombstone. Yeah, right, Maury McTaggart, in um, and out, wasted. Uh, um, and, then he, the and he turns up to, to, in save and out, his, wasted. Um, to save his dad at the end and that's kind of it. Yeah, Bolivar Trask, Bill Duke. Wonderful Bill Duke, just kind of Wonderful Bill Duke, there. just there. Um, and and as we're going forward, we'll obviously talk about it, but it's hilarious that there like, must have the been, continuities get so muddled after this point. There must point. have been a pretty big time skip between X2 and X3 because it's a different president. Well, I mean, his term could have ended between... Yeah, it could have movies. been an election year. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like... Yeah, true. Yeah, true. it's just... 
it, it's, it just doesn't hold together well. It's not like atrociously bad. It's not X-Men Origins Wolverine train wreck. Like, because that at least would be fun. I if if you t- if you said to me you have to pick one to watch X Men: The Last Stand or X Men: Origins Wolverine, I'd pick X Men: Origins Wolverine. Yeah, because we would it's have a so laugh. Stupid. We would have an absolute it's, laugh watching yeah. it. Yeah, it, it's one of those films we watch it and like, what? How did they do it this badly? But with X Men Three, it's just like, oh, it's the most um, dull, like studio mandated uh, related fucking uh, production bullshit that made this as dull as it is. Oh, it's not, yeah, it's difficult to even get that worked up about. It's just, it's just disappointing. It's just, it's just shit. And also like I'd come out two years after Spider-Man two. Yeah. Um, we were two years from Iron Man at this point. Yeah. We'd had Batman begins. Like yeah. it's, it, it's, it's absolutely like sort of one. I mean, it's also the same year as Blade Trinity, so it's in good company in terms of shit <laughs> comic book movies. Yeah, but again, Blade Trinity is almost so bad it's good. Almost, and also it's, it's, Blade it's Trinity the, it, was the pilot. Such... Was the pilot yeah. for one element of the next film in this series yeah. that uh, we will talk about the next time we hit up these retrospectives. But uh... I, I think it's quite right that we're not doing these concurrently because. Fuck me, I need a break from the X-Men I need a break, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I I, I assume you were watching these on Blu-ray. I watched them on Disney+. Plus. Disney Plus streaming has some problems. Oh, yeah. That weird moment where the sound carries on, but the visuals stop for a second and then pick up, like... There's just... Particularly in X2 and X3, there's moments where the frame rate just goes to shit. (laughs) For no reason. I can't imagine why. Because... I don't have that problem on Netflix or Amazon Prime. I don't have that problem with any of the other stuff. But it's just this um, weird sort of stuttering and uh, You notice it more throttling. on the films than you do on the TV shows. Because on the TV shows, it's momentary, and then you've, you're finished within half I didn't, an hour. I didn't really met, notice it in the first X-Men film, but particularly in X2 and X3. Like, in the action sequences, just the frame rate going to shit, and I don't know why. Because it's not like... It's not like streaming HD video isn't possible on my connection. Like, Netflix and Amazon Prime handle it just fine. I don't understand why Disney are are having trouble with it, considering they've got so much fucking money to throw at it. But maybe it's just a PS4 thing. Maybe it's Disney Plus trying to subtly make you hate the Fox X-Men movies even more. Oh yeah. So that these... when their take comes out, you're like, "Oh, this is how it should be done." It'll be in 4K and it'll look crisp as it's crisp as you like. Um, the X Men trilogy, ladies and gentlemen, they it's... were made. They were made, and we have we have them to thank for. You know, if you love the current superhero movie climate, these movies are part of that. That you know, warm up. They are part mm. of it. Like you said, the first one along with Blade and Spider-Man is the reason why we are where we are. Um, it's just <laughs> it's just a shame that unlike, say, Superman the movie, you can't go back, watch it and go, yep, yeah, holds up. It's like, yeah, I have notes. I have one and two mostly hold up, but three absolutely mostly, does not. Does not at just, all. Uh, is it the worst in the series? You'll no. have to find out. No, it's definitely not the worst. Mm. The worst... 
the worst is yet to come. You so, lucky, lucky people. Next time we talk about these movies, we will be diving into X-Men Origins Wolverine, one of the many X-Men Origins movies they made after that. Wait, I'm going to just check my notes. Nope. nope. Uh, X-Men First Class and uh, The Wolverine. Will so that's going to be a real mixed into. bag. Uh, yeah, and also a weird thumbnail, because this thumbnail is going to show a little mix of the trilogy, but next time I'm like, shit, I guess I've got to find a load of pictures of you, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> so just show it to a shouldn't, thumbnail. Shouldn't be too hard. Huge jacked man. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we'd say, what are your thoughts on the X-Men franchise? Let us know, but uh, actually, no, based on when this is coming out, we can ask. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll find out next well, week. What, what, Big what damn we'll contact is... at gmail.com. Yes, bigdamncontest.gmail.com, and we'll save him for the next X-Men episode. Ooh, beefy boy. We'll, we'll probably do before the end of the year. I imagine so. So make sure to title your email X-Men, put it in the subject so we'll know which one it is, and we can separate them for our next yeah. X-Men chinwag. Tell us about the trilogy, and hey, if you want to get ahead, give us your thoughts on uh, X-Men Origins, X-Men First Class, and The Wolverine. Let us know The Wolverine. Too. BigDamnContact at gmail.com. You can also hit us up anytime on Twitter at BigDamnCast. You can watch Matthew streaming with his beautiful face and nimble fingers. My beautiful face. Twitch.tv slash BigDamnStream. Uh, and all of our shit goes on YouTube. Big Damn uh, Channel. I was going to say contact, but that's not true. Big Damn Channel on YouTube. You can see all of our stuff. Look at it. And for the love of God, go away now and watch, watch a superhero movie that won't make you angry. Like Steel. That'll do. Go watch Steel, everyone. Yeah, if you really want to giggle. Here he is. <laughs>